This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Chris Klimazuski, Mike Dawes. Kyle, James, welcome back. It's been a while. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Now, thank you, Tom. <laughs> oh, Clem. <laughs> we appreciate you as well. Um, so, quick rundown of tonight. You can listen to our show here on mywcwp.org, or you can watch us on Facebook Live if you're friends with me or James on Facebook. Um, or you can send me a friend request if you'd like to watch our Facebook Live video. I am on my laptop, so I will accept. Um, now, we are also podcasting. And you can listen to those podcasts tomorrow. They're usually up tomorrow morning, tomorrow early afternoon. We have a big action-packed show for you here tonight. We're going to go over the MLB awards. We're going to talk college football and the updated playoff rankings. We'll review last week's NFL games, go over our picks, and then preview what's to come. Then we will have our team of the week. And we're also going to talk about our polls uh, we had on social media earlier this week and announce the winner of that on the show. And we'll talk Jets, Giants, and then wrap up with basketball. All right, who's ready? I am. I am. All right, so let's get right to it. Big hot stove here. The AL Rookie of the Year Award goes to Shohei Otani. Thoughts? Not a fan, me personally. Not a fan either. I don't mind the pick of Shohei Otani. I understand the reason for it, but the fact that Andujar only got five votes out of the 30 is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, his defense was terrible at third base, but that bad to only get five votes is suspect. Yeah. I, I just think that, look, this guy only played, like, half the season. I mean, you really going to give the guy that, that award for that? I mean, look, he did great at both of his positions, pitching and hitting. I mean, you got to give it to the guy who's played 140-plus games this year, you know, in Duhar and, and killed it at in every game. Agreed. Um, For him, I agree and disagree. I agree because he's shown what he can do between batting and pitching. But at the same time, he was injured. He needs to pick a position if he wants to stay a pitcher or if he wants to be off the uh, the bench. Um, I do think uh, that he won it, but I, I was very surprised. Yeah, you know, this is a guy that only played half the season, but I think what they judge it on is what he did in uh, the games that he played. He only played 104 games, just 23 years old. Uh 22 homers, 61 RBIs, and playing multiple positions, as Chris said. This guy's 6'4", 200, 4-2 record on the mound this season, and he was pretty impressive when he was out there on the mound, I must say. Uh, an ERA, his ERA, um, it was about 3.31, not awful for a rookie, uh, but 63 strikeouts compared to uh, 22 walks, and you know he averaged 11 strikeouts per nine innings. So that's something to keep in mind there. But the fight for Andujar, look, when Glaber Torres went down, look, when Glaber Torres emerged, everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be him, it's going to be him. He gets hurt, Judge gets hurt. Who carried the Yankees team and lifted them into postseason play? Miguel Andujar. Why is he not the rookie of the year? I mean, the Angels didn't even make the playoffs. I don't think Otani was the most valuable player to that team, even when he was healthy. It's Mike Trout all the way. When you see Judge go down, it wasn't Giancarlo, it wasn't Didi. They were in slumps, they were cold. And Duhar was the most valuable player on this team for parts of the year. Was it because and Duhar is not a is not the best defender? Is that it? I don't it, think it should be. 
I don't think it should be either, but yeah, that's 100% the reason, and especially for the lack of votes in his favor. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because Shohei Otani, we talked about it. This guy got hurt throughout the season multiple times. And for Andujar, who really carried a team almost in the second half to the playoffs without Judge being there, with the inconsistencies of John Carlos Stanton to step up as Judge is now out, he didn't. But Andujar did as a as a rookie. And and to get no, not even half the votes in his favor, not even close to half the votes in his favor, is really disappointing to see. Yeah, it's it's just it's just awful. But Otani, con- congratulations! But this award should have hands down went to Miguel Andujar. Okay, so AL Manager of the Year goes to Bob Melvin of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Athletics made the playoffs. They lost to the Yankees in the wild card game. He was the lowest paid manager to start the season. Thoughts? Congratulations to Bob Melvin. I don't, I don't like, I don't hate it, but personally, I just thought Kevin Cash should have won it just mm-hmm. because he, he was working with literally nothing on the on the Rays. I mean, look, the A's had a little couple of. Uh, well, pro- couple of good prospects. You know who were going to be good. You knew Chapman and uh, Olsen were going to do something. You know, Chris, yes. Chris Davis. Chris Davis emerged as a star of that team. Yeah. But on the Rays end, you literally had no one. They didn't have starting pitchers in that team. They mm-hmm. had Blake Snell, and then that was it. So I mean, to, and to get to a get a team like that to ninety wins is truly amazing for Kevin Cash. But yeah. I don't. I, I don't knock the the pick for Bob Melvin. I like it a lot. Not at all. No, I completely agree. Does so, um, Blake Snell won the Blake American Snell. League. Cy Young. Now, obviously, I agree with this decision, but I don't necessarily agree with who the top three were. The top three: it was Kluber, Snell, and somebody else. Anybody remember who the third guy was? I can pull up the figures later. I'm surprised. I don't. I really thought it was Verlander. It was for. It was, was it not Ver, Sale? It was Verlander. No, no. See, Sale that's was my argument. Sale was hurt for like a month or so. And then they used that against them. Sale yeah. started the All-Star game. He was hands down the best pitcher in the American League when healthy. Yep. Over Justin Verlander, I think, and over Snell. Look, all due respect to Snell, but I think Chris Sale is the best pitcher in the American League on a good day. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Well, if this is the argument they're using for Chris Sale, why he wasn't in the MVP, why he wasn't in the Cy Young voting, then why was then why did Otani win Rookie of the Year? Then, right. If that exactly. was the, if yeah. that's the case. Fair enough. That doesn't make any sense. It, no. Baseball is baseball. The uh, guys predict who they want to predict. Some things, some guys were very, like, just mind-boggled by it. Does, um, I know you have some opinions on this, but Blake Snell, fun fact, actually, um, youngest player at 25, second youngest player to win a CY Young. Do you know who the youngest was? Doug Gooden? No. That's what my guess was. Clay, yeah. Clayton Kershaw back ah. in 2011. Wow. Southpaw, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty good, I think. He was pretty good. Um, but I've got to say, uh, shout-out to Blake Snell. Nobody saw this coming. Didn't he have the most wins in the American League? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Also, another fun fact about Snell. Uh, he was the ALCY Young, but he had an ERA under two. There's only one other CY Young award winner in the American League. American League, over the past 40 years, to have an ERA under two, Pedro Martinez. Ooh. That's good company. <laughs> For sure. Um, National League Rookie of the Year goes to Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Bravo. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yep. Yep. No argument there. I think a lot of people saw that coming. He kind of helped, you know, Albies and Freeman lift Atlanta to the division title this season. Uh, but the MVP went to Christian Yelich. 
Well deserved. Well deserved well again. Deserved. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, he was on fire. Milwaukee, man. Yeah. Tell you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I or saw something else. I saw a tweet um, today. It was the, or maybe it was yesterday when Yelich won it. It was just like, wow, the Marlins really managed to trade away the two, 2017 and 2018 NL MVPs. They would be so good now because <laughs> Ozuna is also good. And they traded away D Gordon. They traded away. I mean, and even some of the prospects the Marlins had this year too were pretty good too. Yeah, no. Uh, the Marlins traded away the last two National League MVPs. Giancarlo Stanton last year, who won it with Miami, and then got traded to the Yankees back in December. And now Christian Yelich gets traded to Milwaukee just a month later. Uh, yeah, I know they're trying to rebuild, but they traded away like their whole outfield. Ozuna, Yelich, Stanton. They, they trade away their whole team, basically. I mean, if you think about it right now, it, it's kind of embarrassing that for Miami, trading away these guys, Yelich was a young guy who could help. I thought he was part of the rebuild, but apparently he wasn't. I don't know who their rebuild is being revolved around, but not to digress on that, Christian Yelich helped this team make the playoffs. He put them on the map. Last year, the Brewers were, eh, they were in wild card contention. They weren't really on the map. They were one guy short, I think, last year making the playoffs now. They take that big step this year, and it led them to the NLCS. One game short of the uh, World Series. That is right. Yeah. I think he found his new home. Yeah. Like permanent home. I think he's really excelling within that. Look at you. Within that ballpark and with that team. I mean, they have a young coach. Yeah. They have a young uh, establishment there for players. So I think for him, he's able to grow, able to groom. And I, I I see them back there back in the playoffs in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So uh, next we talked about Acuna winning uh, National League Rookie of the Year. Let's talk about his manager, uh, Brian Snicker of the Atlanta Braves, winning National League Manager of the Year again. Led his team to the playoffs. Everybody was talking, you know, Nats, Mets, beginning of the season. Atlanta wasn't really on the map. No. Uh, and they put themselves on the map. Kudos yeah. to him. Yeah, no, I, well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. Again, this this Braves team reminds me of last year's Yankees team. Very young. No one was expecting them to be make the playoffs. And then they shock everyone, going winning uh, ninety games, and on the backs of all their young players with Acuna, Albies, Swanson, Freeman had a great year. Nick Marcake Nick Markakis came out of the woodworks and was just like, oh, okay, like he had an amazing year. Fulton Navich was really good all year too. Sean Newcomb. Sean Newcomb as well. That's right. Yeah, it was just a lot of young guys, just like last year's Yankees team. Yeah. A lot of young guys that led them to the playoffs. A lot of young guys. So I think <laughs> Snickered Young very, Guns. <laughs> very very well deserved. Yeah. Um all right. So the big thing we're gonna talk about here, the last award, National League CY Young goes to Jacob DeGrom. And James, you're actually representing the Mets tonight wearing the DeGrom jersey as you can see in your screen there. Look no question, hands down, this was the most obvious choice out of any of the awards. Yeah, so yeah, obvious. without a doubt. So, so obvious, obvious. The one dude from San Diego was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put Scherzer." You clown. So yeah, okay. well, clown. well, Scherzer had a phenomenal season. Oh, There's yeah, no doubt. Yeah, with I right know that. There's no doubt. You got to bring up these stats here if you want to really stack up and com- compare Degrom and Scherzer for a minute. We will do that right here momentarily, folks. So I have the stats up here, and guys, this is not even close. DeGrom led the majors with a 1.70 ERA, which was the fifth lowest mark since 1996. Um, You know, that was so long ago that one of us in the studio was not even born. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
next stat, .41 home runs every nine innings. That's the second in the majors. Uh, and he led the NL. DeGrom allowed 10 homers all season. Uh, C.Y. Young runner-up Max Scherzer allowed 23 home runs compared to DeGrom allowing 10. So, uh, you know, John Maffei, you were the only vote. You barely covered baseball in 2018. And you can't take a joke on WFAN Radio with Steve Summers. You clown. <sighs> he, he hung up on the guy. <laughs> he hung up on him. Uh, look, his war was amazing. Uh, you know, his whip was tied with Justin Verlander. He pitched the most to the most soft contact in the majors as well. Had another 300K strikeout season. DeGrom actually got one vote for MVP. He was the only person besides yeah. Christian Yelich yeah. that got a vote yeah. for wow. MVP. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know who that guy was, but uh, yeah, that guy, that guy is awesome. Whoever that guy is. You also look at it like this. Um, you look at the teams. Well, you look at uh, what Degrom had to go up against every game. Them getting maybe a hit, he maybe a run. Yeah, you know, guys. Degrom was an angel for what the Mets <laughs> put him through this season. In the words of Todd Frazier, "We love you, Todd, but you were part of the hitting problems this season." That's why the Mets had a 5-21 and 21 June. You eliminate that 5-21 and 21 June, we're talking potential postseason play. We are. And Jacob DeGrom, look, he was smiling in that whole interview. I know I sent a couple of you guys a link about it. DeGrom was smiling in that whole interview. Despite his 10-9 record, 269 strikeouts and 217 innings. Fantastic season. And I think what really pushed DeGrom over the top was... He really worked on going at his own pace, especially when runners got on base. He worked at his own pace. He didn't just throw flamethrowers over the plate. You know, he really focused and concentrated, and he eliminated his bad innings. You know, he ha- sometimes had bad innings, you know, in the past, last couple seasons where it affected his pitching, but he didn't let it do that this year, and his location was excellent. He struck guys out. Now, do you think if he has... You know, he got the one vote for the MVP. Do you think if he has, you know, a normal amount of wins, like say like twenty wins, he gets more votes for MVP? Oh, without a doubt. If the Mets, uh, if if the Mets average two runs a game, and Jacob Degrom starts this season, twenty and six. Yes, I have I have a Degrom fun uh, fun fact. Is it fun or is it? No, it's sad. It's it's like crippling sad. <laughs> so like, was... like crippling sad for Met fans or like? Oh, of course, of oh, course. goodness. So there, there was a seven in a row start span where the Mets scored ten total runs for him. Four of them, Degrom drove in. So yep. the Mets scored six runs for him in seven straight starts, and that's not per start. That's just that's like less than one a game. That's just math. You know, we're, f- four of us are Mets fans in here. You gotta stop with these sad facts. This is it, it's like this is a fun fact studio, Mike. You endless, know that. There's endless sad stats, though. <laughs> like endless. You think there are more sad stats or fun facts? Sad for sure. For he sure. allowed three <laughs> runs or fewer in 29 consecutive straight games. That was the longest streak in MLB history. Uh, DeGrom was the best pitcher in baseball this season. And the, as Met fans, you look forward to what DeGrom can do next season. And hopefully, you know, the Mets lock him up long-term down the line, uh, you know, at 30 years old. A couple shout-outs here. Jaden Daly, Chris O'Connell tuning into our video. Thank you very much. Um, let's transition uh, over to college football. Unless anybody had any final thoughts here, we're good? Oh, I'm good. All good. We're all good, good, all right. And so are the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are real good. Uh, they they smooth, stay undefeated. Smooth. They somehow shut out number sixteen Mississippi State by a score of twenty four nothing. Guys, is Alabama touchable? I mean, no. let's be real realistic here. Can any team touch Alabama? No, no, no. It's easy for you to I say, Kyle, 
Kyle Russo. No, it's just it's a factual statement. No, I mean, it really I, is. I mean, even in game, I mean, LSU. But it's not fun. LSU was probably <laughs> supposed to be their toughest opponent this year. Maybe you could argue Georgia, but Georgia's fallen off. But LSU, I mean, they couldn't even put a point up on the board on them. My thing is this: the only way Alabama does not win the national championship is if somebody if, gets hurt. No. Well, sure. If they lose the SEC championship game and then have to go on the road in the college football playoff, that's a huge. Yeah, F. I saw um, Vegas had you know potential lines for the college football. Well, of playoff. course, you're looking at Vegas. You know, Mike, you should move there. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'm but, sure uh, you'd have a lot of fun. They said if <laughs> they said if Notre Dame would play Alabama in the playoffs, Alabama would be favored by twenty and a half points, and the closest spread they would have would be Clemson at fourteen and a half. Right, and we're talking that's the number three so, team in the nation yeah. right now. So that's a little scary. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think. I think Alabama is untouchable. Look, you go against two tough teams, LSU and Mississippi State, they both put up zeros yeah. on the board in back-to-back weeks. It's not like they're playing, you know, some slack teams like the Citadel they're playing this week who put up zero points. That, that's what you're expecting. LSU and Mississippi State are very two very good teams. So, I mean, to put zero points up for against those teams – I think Alabama really is untouchable. I think they're without a doubt ninety nine percent gonna win the yeah. gonna win the uh championship this year. I mean their quarterback too uh, and a sophomore now only has one interception. So there you go. Uh Clemson defeats Boston College. Uh Trevor Lawrence had a decent game, threw for almost three hundred yards, just the one touchdown. But look, Lawrence is a true freshman, no? Yes. This yeah. guy is a true freshman. I you know, I was working at NBC Saturday night. And, um, you know, it's funny because the guy next to me was logging the Clemson-Boston College game. Boston College had a 7-3 lead. Or, no, a 10-7 or um, something like that. They had a lead know, in this uh, game. Fun they fact, had a lead. I bet them the score over 17. They didn't. But they had a quick start. But they didn't. That wasn't funny. That was kind of sad. Um, so they move on. They're undefeated. Notre Dame beats Florida State uh, convincingly, 42-13, to with Brandon Wimbush as their quarterback. Uh, Ian Book was hurt, but Book will be back tomorrow, which is good news against Syracuse, over on the Bronx, right up Interstate 87 at Yankee Stadium. Guys, I said this before we went live on the show. Dexter Williams is the second-best running back in college football, in my eyes right now. Oh, I think he is, too. I mean, this guy put up 200 yards. On 20 carries. This guy is something else. The two touchdowns? I mean, you could say all you want. Brandon Wimbush did what he had to do. I mean, he was just filling in. Dexter Williams put the team sure on his back yep. with 202 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Brandon Wimbush didn't have an amazing game. He only went 12 for 25, 130 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. He was a good game manager, though. He had yeah. some good runs. and you know, he's, he, Yeah, Brandon Wimbush, he did what he had to do to win the game, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, this was a bad uh, Florida State team, and Notre Dame just beat up on them. And Dexter Williams just ran over anyone he, who came in his pathway. My thing is this. Notre Dame got lucky because if Book is out for the Syracuse game in the Bronx, we're talking a whole different nature. Because oh. Oh, Wimbush, Wimbush in the Bronx in, like, bad conditions with, obviously, we had a blizzard up here in the tri-state area yesterday. Uh, but, guys, Ian Book is back. This is going to be an excellent game Saturday. Number three, Notre Dame against number 12, Syracuse. This is the highest Syracuse is Syracuse has been ranked since the turn of the century, uh, since 2001. So, you know, uh, this is something that you got to keep in mind. And Syracuse, they have a good team. They have a really good team. They blew out Louisville this weekend, which resulted in the firing of Louisville head coach Bobby Petrino. Wow. You know, that's a jaw dropper. I mean, yeah, Louisville didn't have a good season, but 
Petrino was at Louisville. He left and he came back. He was a staple there for a long time, and the impact that he left on his players, I think it'll be missed to an extent, but sometimes, you know, everyone has an expiration date. You just got to move on. Yeah, and that's I what mean, Louisville did. You know, they moved on from Rick Patino, now Bobby Patrino. Wow. Similar Man, names. You know, they, they hire these guys with Italian last names. They don't last. Well, Rick Patino, we all know what happened with that. But. Okay, okay. Dave Paget's doing a fine job. Anyway, uh, back to football. Um, yeah. Let's go Syracuse. Just say yeah. Well, Syracuse will have more fans probably at the. Actually, I don't know. To go Maryland. I really don't know because Yankee Yankee Stadium is about a four-hour drive from Syracuse. Yankee Stadium is about a a ten-minute drive. Yeah. From my house. Oh. Um, more like ten ten fifteen. But um, you know. Jane. Good commentary. (laughs) Good commentary. With traffic, it'll take more than ten to fifteen minutes for the record. Um, Notre Dame will be wearing Yankee Shamrock-like uh, jerseys. Chris, you've had some thoughts on this uh, on these jerseys the Fighting Irish are wearing tomorrow. I don't know how I feel. Just because they are Yankees, and I, I think don't you know like, how you feel. I, I don't like the Yankees, but, I mean, those are some. I actually saw them yesterday. They previewed them, and I was just like, huh, okay. I can, I can jive with these. I can jive with these uh, jerseys. I like them. I like them a lot. I like the striped pants. Though. I think those are pretty cool. Yeah. So moving on, Michigan beats Rutgers 42-7. to Shea Patterson had a solid game, three touchdown passes. Michigan ranks number four. There was talks about them and Jim Harbaugh being ranked above Notre Dame. There's no discussion. They should not be ranked above Notre Dame. They lost to Notre Dame. Yeah. They they lost. It ends right there. They lost to Notre Dame when Brandon Wimbush was the quarterback. He we bums. beat Michigan. We beat Stanford. Those are two pretty convincing wins. And to be quite frank with you, you know, we also we beat a Florida State team last week that's not having a good season. And then we also won other games that have put us to where we are now. I mean, you're telling me some of the opponents that we played, you know, Vanderbilt is not a walkaway team. Wake Forest on the road is not an easy game. Virginia Tech was ranked at the time. A lot of people forget about that Virginia Tech game. Stanford is probably Notre Dame's best win of the season. Northwestern is ranked right now, and we beat them by 10 points. So, you know, on the road as well. So our two games left are Syracuse and USC. If if Notre Dame gets by tomorrow, which they are technically the home team, uh, you know I think they have a real shot because then they're on the road against USC, which is always a tough game. Yeah, it does. I mean, you guys got to run the table to get in. No, it's a fact, and yeah, I think I think it's, it's doable. Obviously. I think it's a possibility that if Notre Dame beats Cuse in a good in like convincing fashion, I think it's a possibility Notre Dame could. Could uh, jump Clemson this week in the standings? Oh yeah, no, definitely. What What did you think? I, I was going to say you're shaking your head the whole time. I, I thought talking. you were going to say then they lose to USC and get in. Oh no, no, there's no way. No. But yeah, if no, they had a uh, conference title game, they oh might yeah, different story. For sure. They do not. So yeah. you got to run the table. Okay. So um, other news: Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, interstate rival, uh, in a close game. Kyler Murray went off. In the second half, he was great. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, phenomenal on the ground. Three touchdowns for the Sooners. 15 carries for 165 yards. He's putting up Dexter Williams-like numbers right there. And then you had Sermon as well, who was phenomenal. 16 for a buck 24 and two TDs. And then Brown with the eight catches, almost 150 yards. And, you know, it's kind of sad. If you're Oklahoma State, if you're the Cowboys, because your quarterback, Cornelius threw the ball. For 500 yards 501 yards 
to be ex exact, and you lose the game. How does that happen? How does that happen? Sports. Sports. That's man. how it happens. That's how. It That's happens. sports, Susan. Not what he says, but yeah. Um, yeah I know it's not what he <laughs> says. Johnson had a good game. Wallace was decent, and Hubbard as well. Um, Hubbard, Hubbard on the ground for the Cowboys actually twenty-two rushes, one hundred four yards, and he had a hat trick. Yeah. So the Cowboys' offensive line was pretty solid in this game, and it kept them in it late. Um, but yeah, so I think that um, Oklahoma still has a shot. Uh, the, the Sooners, I'm, I'm sorry, the Ca the Cowboys were never really in discussion. But moving on, a team that's still in the discussion, and they may have arguably the best or the second best quarterback in college football, West Virginia, in Will Greer. Oh, they're talking about Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Doug. No. Yeah. No. Uh, Will Greer led West Virginia to a forty to seven, a forty-seven to ten win over TCU. Three hundred fifty yards, three TDs. West Virginia wins. They stay alive. In the discussion, they're still ranked number nine. They need some help. Uh, you know, obviously LSU or Georgia will dip below them. They will dip below them at some point. I don't know which team it will be. Uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio State will beat each other up. We're not sure who will come victorious in that. Uh, Washington State, you know, they're kind of a wild card here. If Notre Dame loses tomorrow, they may dip. So West Virginia is not alive well, but they're still alive. They are. Alive, so, so and they need some help. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that loss to Iowa State earlier in the season is what's going to be the nail in the coffin for them because even if they do wind up winning versus Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, I mean both, I still don't think that they're going to wind up making into the top four. You're talking about West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. They lost really bad Yeah. Uh, Iowa State. Well, I think they would have to, if they really want to even try, they would have to beat Oklahoma. That's it because they're behind them in the standings right yeah. now in the Big 12. Yeah. So it's going to come down to that last game. It's going to be the Big 12 championship for them. Nice. Dawes. Oh. It is your time to shine. Ohio State, uh, they beat Michigan State 26-6. Destroyed someone. Haskins had an okay game, but Weber was oh, good. A terrible game. Haskins uh, had a terrible game, I thought. Let's dissect this game a little bit, um, Michael. I mean, they were, they were terrible all game. Their offense was not good at all. I mean, all they did was punt. Three, they, they would go three plays, two yards, but their defense really stepped up. Huge turnovers everywhere on the field. And uh, you know, they are a good football team. This offense is just so putrid right now. It really felt like I was watching the Jets, and that that is sad. So yeah, they need to figure something out because if they can't score in Michigan State, don't know how they're going to score in Michigan. That's like, I don't know how That's they're going to do that. Yeah, but uh, Y'all worried about Michigan? You should get past Maryland first, man. Shut up, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Maryland. I mean, there's no way they shouldn't win by 30. Wow. There's no way they shouldn't win by 30. Oh, let's, go, man. let's go Maryland. Man. They almost lost to Nebraska a couple no, weeks ago. That, that's so overstated. They had that. They, they were just like... We're they were just playing around with the win. Yeah, that's no, they, rough. They were, just yeah, pretty, that's they were just pretty bored, you know? That's rough. Yeah. You guys almost lost to Penn State, too. How do you feel about that? So, Penn State stinks. Guys, we talked about Syracuse. Blowing out Louisville, uh, Syracuse has been very impressive. They're 12. UCF in at number 11. Guys, I've got to ask you this. Does UCF – Does I'm sorry, UCF. Yes. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. UCF. Do they get respect No. college football? They no. get no respect. No. None. How can you be undefeated and stay at number, like, 11 and 12 for, like, the past – what is it, five weeks? 
I'll, I'm sorry. I'm a Notre Dame fan, but if Notre Dame is ranked number three undefeated, UCF, they should be in like at the very worst the top seven, top eight. Yeah, you know, at, at yeah. worst, and they're not, which is horrible. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they're only eleventh. They haven't played anyone good. I can't see why. I can't see why they're eleventh. They're undefeated. It doesn't mean anything. Boise got a schedule. Good. How games. does it not mean anything? Boise State used to be undefeated back in the day, and they, and they were they were never ranked when they were undefeated. I mean, look, it's just it's just the strength of schedule, and they haven't played anyone good. I mean, yeah, but not even we'll that see. they're undefeated, but that they went undefeated last season, too. That yes. should be in consideration also. I mean, in my Carrying eyes, over. UCF won the national championship last yeah. year, not Alabama. I'm sorry, Kyle Russo, but it's it's it's. I didn't it's disagree. I'm nas- the yeah, real national champs. UCF did not lose a game. You know, I, and they're I, not going to lose a game this season either. No. And they're not going to have an opportunity to I heard, lose a game. I heard someone call up to Stephen A. today. And he was like, you think Alabama's afraid of UCF? You think they're avoiding him? And Stephen A. immediately hung up on him. He was like, you know, I don't think that the undefeated Alabama team that just keeps steamrolling any over them is afraid of UCF. Well, to be fair, their 31-30 win on the road against Memphis was not impressive. However, they are playing at home tomorrow night at 8 o'clock against 24th-ranked Cincinnati on senior night. So this is a good test for them. Look, if UCF wins these last two games... Number 24, Cincinnati, and then you're on the road against South Florida, who is one of the final five undefeated teams in the nation. You're going to tell me that UCF is not at least in the top seven if they win those two games? No, they're probably going to say maybe they'll move down to 10, but there's not going to be any movement in the rankings. I mean, that's just what it is. It's, it's reality. Just, it's just strength to schedule. Corrupt. It literally Corrupt. is. No, it's, it's reality. I, I, it's tough. I mean, they'll probably get a good bowl game. Don't get us wrong, but... I mean, why can't they schedule, like, a three-year series with, like, Oklahoma or something? I don't understand. Like, they seem like they don't want to do that. Right. Well, they, 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 well, they plan these schedules way ahead of time. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. Like, So, like, I don't think they were getting ready. But, I mean, like, you'll see in two years that, like, UCF is playing teams like Clemson or, like, Notre Dame or something like that. Oh, yeah. On that note, uh, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some NFL football And also, next week, we will talk more college football, so keep your thoughts fresh. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. I feel the master. I feel the master. We ready. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks, here on MyWCWP.org and WCWP Sports. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Final statement here on college football. The LIU Post Pioneers, we broadcast the show here on the LIU Post campus in Brookville, New York, will be playing against Slippery Rock tomorrow in the Division II NCAA Football Tournament 2018. Chris Klimazewski, one of our co-hosts on the show, will be calling the game with Jason Glickman. You can see him here with the thumbs up here on the Facebook Live video. Chris, two years ago, I was in your shoes, and, you know, I was nervous before my first NCAA playoff game, but now it's your turn tomorrow. What are your thoughts on broadcasting this LIU post-football game? I'm excited, actually, because, you know what, I wasn't part of the station two years ago, and last year when I joined the station, I was only just, like, doing – cutting highlights and just doing stuff here in the studio so I really didn't get to ex- experience the playoffs or any, like a real good season I mean they only went eight and two but this year there it's flat out. It's, I've had a great time calling the games with Jason I had a uh, great times on the road with Jason and Griffin and I'm just really excited to 
to see this game tomorrow, see what Post can actually do against. I mean, not to say that the NE10 isn't real competition, but I mean they've only the Pioneers have only faced two good teams all year. Those have been two great games. So I'm actually going to see what it's like to that the Pioneers actually play good teams down down the road for the in these playoffs. Agreed. Uh, best of luck to you with that. Thank you. Uh, I'll be there for sure. Dawes, you may be in attendance as well. I think I will be there. All right. So, so we'll see how it goes. Never been to a post game. The number two ranked team in the East Region, the LIU Post Pioneers. Do we know their official ranking in D two? Thirteen. They are thirteenth ranked overall in the nation. They'll be moving up to D one next year, the Northeastern Conference Division. So this may be their potential. If they don't win tomorrow, this will be their last game as the LIU Post Pioneers football team. So um, let's hope for a win. Moving on to the NFL, guys. It was a wild roller coaster week in the NFL. We saw some great games. We saw the Saints obliterate the Cincinnati Bengals 51 to 14. That resulted in the firing of their defensive coordinator. Who was it, Gerald Austin or somebody? Now they got Marvin Lewis uh, calling plays de- defensively. Yeah. And the Bengals were off to such a good start, and now. It's all going downhill. What's happened? A.J. Green being hurt. A.J. Green being hurt. Well, defense stinks. Well, that and A.J. And, you know, your number one receiver (laughs) being hurt. Yeah, that's tough. (laughs) Oh, dogs. Saying it how it is. Also, uh, also, regards to the operations of the team, did you see that they hired Hugh Jackson for some role in the team? Yes, Hugh Jackson, who was fired by the Browns just about a week ago, a week and a half ago, uh, all of a sudden now (laughs) he'll be helping out defensively for the Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts on this? A team in Cleveland's own division. I like it. Well, he he worked with he worked with Cincinnati before he wanted yeah. up yeah. being the head coach of the Browns. So you know, maybe an easier transition instead of whole, learning the whole new program with another new guy. Yeah. And Hugh Jackson flourished with Cincinnati. That's why he got the head coaching job with Cleveland. So I like it as a second opportunity for him to coach in this league again. I will say this: congratulations to Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees passed Brett Favre for the second-most touchdown passes in NFL history. Drew Brees now. Thank you, Chris, for the clapping. Uh, Drew Brees now 509 career touchdown passes. The record is 539 by Peyton Manning. Drew Brees is 30 touchdown passes away. He won't do it this year, but if he comes back next year, I'm sure he'll break it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the Saints win a Super Bowl this year, there's a chance he might not come back. He might retire. You never know. Uh, but Brees has been a staple in this league for a long time. At 39 years old, James, he's still playing at a very high level. He, he most definitely is, Tom. It's, uh, it's amazing to see his age, and he's still going out there every game, playing as well as he is. And it, it, he's fun to watch. Yeah. You don't – when you look at a 39-year-old quarterback, you're like, all right, he's standing in the pocket, he's throwing it, he's not running out, he's not doing what he is. He's a very special player. Um, most yeah. definitely it would be great for him to win a Super Bowl this season. Um, always great to watch. Now, other Saints that shined in this game. Uh, we got to talk about Mark Ingram. Uh, 58 yards through the air, 104 on the ground. Uh, Mark Ingram had over 160 total yards, uh, had a touchdown through the air as well. Alvin Kamara, two TDs again. Near I believe he had um, 100 yards, 102 total yards for um, – no, he had 100 yards total, I think. Well, 100, 102 um, in total combined. So that's phenomenal right there. Your two backs are getting you 200 yards. Great to see. Um, Eli Apple gets his first interception as a Saint. 
the former giant. Kyle Russo, wow, James guy. Montefusco. What do you think about that? It was a tip pass. No oh. biggie. It was a tip pass. It was a complete athletic Though, play from a monster. Picture this, James. Apple was playing well with the Giants before he got traded. He was. Thoughts? Um, I think with him playing well, they figured, you know what, let's move him. Obviously, everybody thought, probably including us at the studio, thought it was a big fire sale. Figured everybody must go, rebuild more. They only got rid of two guys. Um, Some fire sale. Yeah, right? I don't understand that fire sale, but whatever. Um, so Apple... He gets his interception. He didn't have a lot with the Giants the last season, if I'm correct. He only had one with the Giants in his entire career, I believe. All right. At, at least he wasn't like a high first-round pick, you know, guys? Yeah. At least he was like a mid-rounder. Yeah, I think I went top ten. No, it's no good. way he went top No, no way. it's not like the Giants picked him the pick before uh, Todd Gurley. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. No, because that would, that, would, that would make too much of sense to do. Yeah, no, um, they picked him. Uh, I remember they wanted Leonard Floyd that draft, and uh, – the, the year they took Gurley was the Eric Flowers pick, I believe. Yes. So, I mean, either way, oh yikes. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. Yikes. Yikers. Uh, you guys will be yiking in just a few minutes from now. Um, <laughs> Yaking, not yiking. Oh, well, yeah. both. Yeah. Same time. Saints doing, right? stud receiver Michael Thomas is really, uh, when you think of Saints wide receivers, he's really the only guy I think of right now because how good he is. Two touchdowns through the air. So good. Uh, Eight catches, 70 yards. Uh, let's talk about the Saints here. Des Bryant gets signed towards Achilles in practice. Bravo, well earned. You don't work out. That's what happens. Uh, and then they go sign Brandon Marshall, who was with Seattle <laughs> earlier this season, a former Giant, a former Denver Bronco, a former New York Jet, a former Chicago Bear. A former a Miami former Dolphin. Miami Dolphin. I have his Dolphin A jersey, former what? Fact. Seattle Seahawk. This guy's the <laughs> ultimate journeyman. Facebook Live, tell me, how's Marshall going to do with the Saints? Comment on our feed. He's going to do great. What do you guys think here in the studio? I think he's going to do great. He's going to do terrible. He's I think he's going to do well. He is the Look at the quarterbacks that he's been behind in his career besides Russell Wilson. Dude, Marshall, Marshall walks Stakes. on the field like Gumby. He can't yeah, even terrible. move. This man is the captain of the Cheeks for Weeks club. He is awful. Cheeks he's, for Weeks. Yeah, he stinks. Damn. Since that 2015 year with the Jets, he's been Awful. He stinks. Awful. What quarterbacks has he had? Eli Manning, Russell Wilson. Who? Yeah, okay, who? that's the past two years. Yeah, exactly. So what makes you think that Drew Brees is going to make him any better? Because Drew Brees is a god. Why are we disrespecting Matt Moore and like Kyle Orton? I don't like that right now. And Jay Cutler too. Jay Why Cutler. are we? Doing, yeah. Hold on, Jay Cutler on two different teams. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Jay Cutler Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh McCown. No, but like. Um, yeah, I, I really. I mean, that's yeah, Drew Brees is really. He's, whole, whole, he's, he's a terrible player. Hold on. Jaw drop. Todd Collins. My jaw's dropped. For like two games. Geno Smith, if we're going to um, count that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, Marshall has a chance to win a ring. Chance to make a playoff. Again, right? No, did he win one in Denver? No, he was gone. No, he was gone. He's he's gone. Never, he was he's with never the played Jets, a playoff game. By that time. He's, he's never played in a playoff game. That, he's never been in a playoff James, game. James? He yes. is, you know how we all have, we had or have group projects? He's one of those guys that just show up at the end, puts his name on, and gets the ring and barely did anything. Oh, that's I like that you analysis, Kyle. Oh, that's a good one. Kyle, good one. I like that analysis. That's a lot of shade thrown at Brandon Marshall, James. This guy that's isn't good. Lot. He hasn't even been this to the playoffs. Why are you defending Brandon Marshall? <laughs> but that's, like, not true, though. When has he joined a Super Bowl contending team? Yeah, but there's a reason he wasn't in the those playoffs. Those Bears teams were really good. Look, the Jets team was pretty this good. This is a move that the, the Saints know they need, they need a number two receiver right now. You have two great backs. You have two solid tight ends and Josh Hill. And Ben Watson, you have Michael Thomas. Who's that next guy? Hopefully, Brandon Marshall is that next guy. For their opponents, Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals, they got Giovanni Bernard back. 
to compliment Joe Mixon. That's what's been missing as well. Uh, Mixon was hurt. Bernard was hurt. Green was hurt and still is. So um, Tommy the Mac McNamara commenting on our Facebook <laughs> live post. Brandon Marshall has overrated hands. Oh, he will terrible. drop easy catches. Easy. Man. Cheeks for he a week. He's he the was, president of the He was Butterfingers with the Giants. Last two years ago on the show, I made a comment that Red Ellison was a better signing for the Giants than Brandon Marshall. I remember Tommy Mack actually didn't believe me. Or it was Tommy or Brian. I don't remember it was, who it was. It was Brian. It, I think it was, it was Brian. It was Brian? I think it was Brian. Maybe it was Tommy. I, Tommy, was it you as well? I'm not too sure. A comment if you remember, but I brought up Red Ellison is a better signing for the Giants than Brandon Marshall is. Uh, two years later, Red Ellison still on the team. Brandon Marshall, he has been on two teams since then. All right. Uh, next game, we had too much fun with the Saints. They're Super Bowl contenders. Um, the Browns upset the Falcons 28-16. Guys, after starting 1-4, and four, Atlanta climbs their way up to 4-4. Four and four. Tommy the Mac McMahon just commented he did disagree as well. Uh, so it was both of them. Man, I got double whammies back then. See, I was the new guy on the show back then. Yeah. I was the young guy. Now <laughs> the tides have turned, um, which is funny because without them, we are all not here. So Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Setting up our future, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks, Dad. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is review and preview folks here on my wcwp.org thank you mike for that lovely comment of course um now baker mayfield and the browns upset the atlanta falcons 28 to 16 atlanta was riding high they started one and four they were in games late they have a great offense julio jones calvin ridley austin hooper freeman is back healthy now tevin coleman matt ryan what more can you ask for muhammad sanu we didn't even bring him up if they lose to the Browns and only put up 16 points after winning three straight, what is going on in Atlanta, and do they have a shot at making the postseason? No, especially not with the Saints in your own division. I mean, that's in, that's virtually impossible, and Carolina's still Carolina. playing really well. But, I mean, I don't know if this speaks numbers to the Falcons or if it speaks numbers to, you know, this is Greg Williams' first game as head coach of the Browns, and they won against the Atlanta team who's pretty offensively dominant. Their defense is not good, but offensively dominant team in the – and the Falcons that only hold them to 16 points is yes. pretty good. Yeah. Um, we talked about Atlanta. You know, Hooper and Julio Jones each had a touchdown. But the star of this game was on the other side. A guy that Chris has brought up numerous times. A very underrated rookie that a lot of people didn't want to give a chance. It resulted in the trading away of Carlos Hyde. His name is Nick Chubb. Chris, Nick Chubb in this game had 20 carries, 176 yards, and one touchdown. Three catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. He had over 200 combined yards and two TDs. What are your thoughts on Nick Chubb and his future with the Cleveland Browns? Oh, it's right, and I'm loving it. Nick Chubb, great running back, great addition to this Browns team. He's exactly what they needed, especially with how good offensively this Browns team has looked. I mean, you give, you're giving these guys a couple more years to develop with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb, and got, you continue to have guys like David Njoku around him and Jarvis Landry to help them all out. Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway. And they'll build, They'll keep continue to build. And this Browns yeah. team will be good in a couple of years. Duke John. I mean, he, he's nothing special. Yeah, but he's I'm not, a, he's I'm a, not a, on the Duke John. He's a veteran. He's a, great, he's a great third down back. Yes. Can't do anything else. Yes. Like nothing else. Oh, but Nick Chubb, yeah, he's great. And I think his future is bright. And, again, no offense to Giants fans. I can't knock you guys for, for drafting Saquon Barkley. 
But this just is wait a, till we talk about the Jets, man. Just wait. You could have gone. No, I'm not on. knocking the Buccaneers. I see the point that he's making. You could have gone. It. Darnold, no, I got it. Darnold, I got it. Darnold, Darnold Chubb. I'm not even saying Darnold. My thing was for the Giants is to trade back a little bit. You draft a guy like either uh, Quentin Nelson or Mike McGlinchey. You have that. You draft well, one of those. Then you draft Willie Hernandez again in the second round. Then you'll have that extra second round pick probably from trading back. Right. And then you dra- and then you draft Nick Chubb. Or I get your point. I got it. That that's the point I was trying to make. I mean, look, I know I know it's hard to pass up uh, Saquon. I I don't knock you guys. He's great. But. That was the number two option, not taking a quarterback. Yeah. 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 Um, which we'll get to in just a few moments. Those Georgia running backs are great. Todd I Gurley, love Saquon. And now Nick, Nick Chubb. I love Saquon. Um, guys, let's get to the next game. Guys, there were a lot of upsets in football last week. We talked about Cleveland. Obviously, Pittsburgh, we talked about on last week's show, Pittsburgh destroying Carolina on Thursday night football. Um, But the Tennessee Titans, they destroyed New England 34-10. Guys, Marcus Mariota, you know, he's nothing special, like, numbers-wise. But I'm going to say something. He's the franchise quarterback for the Tennessee Titans right now. He gets the job done. And some of you in the studio may agree or disagree with that statement I just made. But Mariota gets the job done. He's a game manager like a Dak Prescott, like an Alex Smith. These are the type of quarterbacks that last a while in this league. They don't take many risks, and they eliminate turnovers, and they win you games. Look, you can argue that Tennessee should have beat the Chargers in London if Mike Vrabel doesn't go for two. They should have. Quite frankly, right? Yeah. I think ten- I think Tennessee um, is that second wild card team right now, besides the Chargers. They should have really also. They should have also beat the Bills earlier in the year too. An embarrassing loss, thirteen to Look, twelve. This is a game you have two young guys, inexperienced. Derrick Henry getting two touchdowns. Their best receiver, realistically, is Corey Davis, yep. who had one hundred twenty-five yards. That was very. Isn't he a rookie this year? Second year. Second, second year, year player. Um, and Brady's numbers, guys, they were not that great. Credit to Tennessee's defense. Uh, Brady barely completed over 50% of his passes. He threw for barely over 250 yards. Look, this is an offense that has Sony Michelle, James White, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Flash Gordon. Uh, Edelman had nine for 104. Flash Gordon had four for 81, but nobody else contributed. That was the problem in this game, and the Tennessee Titans advance. Yeah. On, uh, I'm pretty sure the Titans, I want to say six and four, five and four, five and four. And, guys, they defeated New England for the first time since 2002. Uh, very impressive there. The game in the West we got to talk about, the Rams and the Seahawks. What a shame with these wildfires. Uh, you know, a deadly thing. Jared Goff had to evacuate his home in addition to another 20 players on the team. And I think McVay had possibly had to evacuate as well. Yeah, probably. probably. Uh, look, th- this was not good. Uh, you know, it was great to see the Rams win 9-1, uh, and one, the best start through 10 games since 1969 that's a long time ago you know especially when your father was five years old um (laughs) but this is that goes to show you this is the best team in ages for the la rams uh jared goff had a phenomenal game todd Gurley, an mvp candidate he's the leading rusher in the league right now i believe um and brandon cooks uh 10 catches 100 yards robert woods was fantastic aaron donald Leads the league in sacks at the defensive tackle position. He's so good. Two and a half in this game against Russell Wilson, who's not an easy guy to bring down. Uh, however, I do think, believe it or not, and I'm, I'm going to say this, this game against Seattle, after this game, the Rams are no longer going to the Super Bowl 
in my I didn't think they were going to the Super Bowl anyway. I thought it was going to be the Saints since they since they won, but I don't think the Rams have a shot at the Super Bowl right now and here's why. Cooper Cup torn ACL done for the season. He was Jared Goff's favorite blanket security blanket receiver and you take that away from your offense. Yes, you still have Cooks, you have Woods, you have Todd Gurley, but Cooper Cup was an outstanding receiver on this team. He does the little things. He's gone. And you're taking that away from Jared Goff right now and an inexperienced playoff team still. He yeah. only played one game last year. I think the Rams, look, I don't think they have the best shot in the NFC right now to go all the way, despite their 9-1 record. But somebody's going to have to step up. Next man off. On the, yeah, yeah absolutely. you know, um, with the way they're performing, uh, I... I see where you're coming from, Tom, because the Seahawks could have probably won that game with uh, or came close. I mean, they did come close. but um, Well, when you have a guy like Doug Baldwin, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think the Rams are now kind of exposed in some way that they are able – I mean, even though they lost one game already, but if a good team coming up to play them is – going to face them, I think uh, I think they, they can kind of be exposed down the, down the line. Chris, your thoughts on the loss of Cooper Cup? It's tough. I guess. <laughs> you know, it really is tough for them because, Tom, like you said, he's been Goff's safety blanket all year. Yeah. But like James like James said as well, the next man has to step up, whoever it is. Who's that going to be? It, exactly. I don't know the Rams team like that, but whoever the next man is, is gonna have to step up. And Tommy, you said the best. This is their best team we've seen in a while, probably yeah. since yeah. probably since the two thousand one Greatest Show on Turf team. Like this is offensively and defensively, this team is good all around. Didn't they win the Super Bowl that year with Kurt Warner? No. Yeah, yeah they, they, they stopped the Titans at the one yard line. Um, yeah, Dyson, Andre Dyson. Yeah, I remember that play. Uh, now, in this game, Russell Wilson, obviously Seattle is a good team. They're a good team. A lot of people are saying, oh, they're in rebuild mode. They're not. They're in playoff contention. Obviously, their odds now are much lower since losing the last two games, one to the Chargers and now to the Rams. But realistically here, uh, d- despite winning last night against Green Bay, which we'll get to in just a moment, but they lose this game. Russell Wilson had to run the ball a lot more than he would have liked. He ran for 92 yards, which is great. But that's out of his comfort zone. The only bright spot for Seattle in this game was Rashad Penny. Ran for over 100 yards. The rookie running back. They have a three-headed monster right now. Chris Carson, I wouldn't say monster just yet, but three guys that are quality backs, and Chris Carson, Mike Davis, and now Rashad Penny. Who is the lead back? Last night we saw Carson fumbled early against Green Bay, but he came back. I, I mean, I think Carson has a slim edge, but is Rashad Penny a bust? Is he a potential bust? No, or is I it don't too, think is so. Is it too early to tell? It's, it's too, too early. early to it's tell. too early. Yeah, I mean... He's think, no way a bust. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, got yeah. hurt during training camp. There's no way that he's a Yeah, he's had a couple already. good games, but, I mean, I think you're going to just need some more time to yeah. Yeah, to see what this kid can actually do. So, other games, the Chiefs take care of the uh, Cardinals. Mitchell Trubisky, four touchdowns, 355 yards as the Bears beat the Lions. Uh, the Colts beat the Jags. Raiders lose to the Chargers. Chargers' best start since 2006. The Packers beat the Dolphins. And let's go over the Sunday night football game here quick. Uh, Dallas beats Philly 27-20. I worked this game up in Connecticut at NBC. Dak Prescott had a really solid game, and the addition of Amari Cooper is starting to show. It's uplifting other guys. You saw Alan Hearns made a couple of big catches. Cole Beasley moved the chains in key par- parts of the game. You know, Zach Martin actually got hurt in this game. He's the best right right. Yeah. He's the best right guard 
in football. Zach Martin did come back in this game. He's a tough warrior guy out of Notre Dame. A golden domer. You guys laughed at me last week because I was trying to make sense of the first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. I know, Alec, I'm on on your set. You were going to say something, Mike? It's still an awful trade. It is a terrible trade. No, I know it's an awful trade, but I think in the long run – it's Uh-oh. gonna it's gonna work out for the Cowboys. I think in the long run, trading this because it's a necessary need that they needed. Amari Cooper has proven once, but uh, has proven he is a number one wide receiver, and that's exactly what the Cowboys need. I mean, look, he's had a bad year last year, and he had did have a bad year this year on the Raiders. But I think that was just a product of being in uh, Gruden's offense yeah. and being with De- uh, Derek Carr. I mean, Derek yeah. Carr had a bad season last year, so I think in the long run, this is going to be a trade that works out for the Cowboys. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott had another phenomenal game, 150 yards on the ground, two TDs in total. He was great. Uh, prior to the Cooper trade, Ezekiel Elliott was the whole offense. And now you add Amari Cooper, and now you see more production out of guys like Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, those guys. Um, so, yeah, you know that's great for them. But Dallas on the defensive end, obviously Sean Lee has been hurt, but Leighton Vanderish, whoa. This rookie who went to uh, a high school – and his graduating class had nine kids, ten kids. Get out of here, really? I'm not, I'm not kidding. It had 11. It was nine boys, two girls. Yeah. yeah. So how'd they have a football team? They could have ran Scout O. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even. <laughs> um, Wait, I'm so. Four, four grades. Well, yeah. I, so I, that's I, it? Like, they just, whatever, like, they must have ran out there with, like, 30 guys. Yeah, he graduated must've... at the top of his class. Yeah, he did. I, I hope so. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are in his favor. No, a lot of people threw a lot of shade at Dallas for not taking a receiver, especially like Calvin Ridley. But this Leighton Van Der Esch pick, especially with Sean Lee, the way he goes down and how often he goes down, this is definitely it's a solid pick. It's a big, it's a big potential addition. defensive rookie of the year right here too. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz did not look good in this game. Yeah, he threw for 360 yards, but you know there's still issues with him connecting with receivers. Whether it's Nelson Aguilar, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate did not play much in this game. Recently acquired from Detroit for a third rounder, Tate, you know, at 30 years old now, you know, trying to blend into a new offense in Philly, is Golden Tate going to be a good addition for Philly uh, in the long run, or you know, may a team like Dallas win the win the division? Because it's grown to show that you know, since 2000, the last. Realistically, the last 13 years, there has been no back-to-back division winner in the NFC East. Well, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to your statement, Tom. You know, will Golden Tate help? I mean, he only has another seven games with the Eagles on contract terms. So when you look at the Eagles' record right now, which is, I think it's about a 500 record, is it really going to help them? I don't think so because I don't think that they're going to wind up winning the division. With this NFC uh, NFC East division so poor, when you look at the team like a Redskin, with like the Redskins, who is the leader in the division right now? They have some solid players. I don't. Is it consistent them? Yeah, they are consistent, but they're consistent at a low level. But because of the performances by these other NFC East teams, like Dallas, like the Giants, like Philadelphia, I don't know if Philadelphia can can surpass the uh, the Redskins and even Dallas at this point. Excellent points, Kyle. We now have a caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Uh, my name is uh, Jeffrey McDaniels. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing today? What's going on, Griffin? <laughs> Dude, he he was talking Sorry, so I low. Wanted to, uh, 
I just want to say your trivia. I should have won the trivia game, but um, congratulations to Ryan Kraut. Thank oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan. Ra- also, go Sox. Sox in three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Griffin. Um, Is he done? I don't know. Griff. He's done. He's done. Dude, he talks so low on the phone. <laughs> and he said a weird name, and I knew it was. That was Gr- Griffin Ward from Hamilton, Massachusetts. Bad uh, guy. <laughs> well, actually, from uh, the SRC building uh, here on the campus of Brookfield, New York. Did he was from Nashville? Yeah, he said he from Nashville. First of all, I immediately knew that. I knew it yeah, was I Griffin. Knew it. That was <laughs> second, see, Griffin and Chris were roommates for a year. Uh, kind of roommates. I kind Sorry, of just slept on the couch most of the year, well, but te- te- technically we were also kind of roommates. For yeah, a couple for two days. days. <laughs> two days we were roommates. <laughs> Never forget. Um, so, back to the Dallas game. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the Cowboys won. Josh Adams though started to emerge for the Eagles as yeah. the top back in this game. Let's see if that transpires into next week. Zach Ertz is clearly the number one weapon on this offense. It was, yeah, without a, it was, a doubt. It was a Zach Ertz type of night again. Uh, Fourteen catches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. Doug Peterson, after the game, we really got to look ourselves in the mirror and see who we are. We got to come to work every day. We got to perform on Sunday. You know, everybody has to take a look in the mirror. And him and Wentz kept bringing that up in their post-game interviews, which took forever, by the way. I hated it. Anyway, uh, they now play the Saints this week, which I think is another loss. Realistically, yeah. they're going to drop the four and six. Oh, for sure. They lost Ronald Darby, who was their last starting Darby corner. Darby after the year, a guy in the, the secondary. The ACL. Their for whole sure. secondary is Malcolm Jenkins right now. Yeah. Their whole secondary. Michael Thomas, newly acquired, Brandon Marshall, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, field day. That is a field day. Yep. Uh, Last game we're going to talk about, last night's game. Uh, Green Bay has another crushing defeat. Are Mike McCarthy's days in Green Bay numbered? I think it's overdue. I do. Uh, Seattle came back last night. Obviously, they were were home at CenturyLink Field. However, Green Bay was up in this game, and they they somehow lose 27-24. Um, um, Green Bay should have won this game, and now you're Aaron Rodgers, and you're on a Packer team that's under 500. Last year it was a little um, different because you didn't have Rodgers. Now you have Rodgers, and you're under 500. Green Bay's playoff chances last night dipped from like 75 percent to now 22 percent. Yeah, Whoa, just nice numbers, based man. off that loss. Yeah, not so fun fact if you're a cheesehead. Yeah, four, five, and one. That's that's not playoff numbers right there, or playoff uh, projected numbers. Definitely but, not. I mean, uh, it, I mean, I think a bigger picture when we look at Aaron Rodgers is like, is this guy going to want to be with Green Bay if this is the case where they keep on allowing McCarthy to start games for them? Yeah. I mean, really, because at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers basically signed the rest of his career with Green Bay. Yeah. I'd like to see him finish his career with Green Bay, but if changes aren't made in the front office, then you know he, he might want to get out of Green Bay. We'll see. Um, and we'll preview this upcoming week's games in just a moment. Uh, but, yeah, that will wrap up our review of the games. We do have another caller here, Mike. Yeah, it sounds like he's giving a fake name. Uh, caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hello, this is Ahmed Zabik. Hello? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I Goodbye. Um, <laughs> knew it. I think that was Griffin again. I don't know know who that was, but on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Yo, this is Sesco. Who this? 
this. What's the dilly? I just touched grounds down to Philly, brought a pound with me. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Chris Flemizewski here on MyWCWP.org and WCWP Sports. Watch our Facebook live feed on Facebook. If you're friends with me, you're James on Facebook. Top of the hour, it's here. Congratulations. We had polls during the week on our Instagram account. You can follow us. Review and Preview is the name. The winner of the poll, we asked five questions. The first one was, when I started college. Fall 2013 was the correct answer. The second one was uh, our fill-in engineer, John Wasserman, where he transferred from. The correct answer was Iona. The third one was where our co-host, Kyle Russo, currently attends school. Correct answer was Hofstra, not Malloy College. I believe that was the only unanimous in the poll. Everyone picked Hofstra. Um, Another question we had was Dawes' favorite team in college football, Ohio State. Was the answer, and the first inaugural host of Review and Preview, Johnny Montalbano, is from South Carolina. Three people got all five questions right. Chris, allegedly, Ryan Kraut, and James, your friend Sal. And Ryan Kraut won the tiebreaker question. The amount of days Brian Marbach was a member of Review and Preview, not just him as a host. Brian Marbach was a part of Review and Preview from November 12th, 2014, to January 18th, 2018. He logged a total of 1,170 days on the show. Kraut guessed 1,075. Congratulations, Ryan Kraut. You are the winner of our poll. The award is Ryan Kraut will have a segment dedicated to him on the show at a later date. We will have a Ryan Kraut personal profile talk about his favorite sport teams. So congratulations, Ryan Kraut. Thank you very much for helping us promote our show. All right, it's that time. It's Team of the Week. Uh, let's fire right away. James, who's your Team of the Week? This is very uh, difficult for me because I got three teams, but I'll oh, make it quick. I'm nervous. Um, I'm going with the Islanders. Oh, God. After last night's game, they're seven and zero against the Rangers. Um, they it was a very close game, even though the the scoring was crazy. Um, I enjoyed watching them. They have a bright future ahead of them with having at least I think 21 games at the Nassau Coliseum this year. Um, so yeah, I picked the Islanders as my team of the week. Um, I'll go next. I have a real one and a serious one. Thank you. My serious one is the Ohio State Buckeyes because they are on the comeback path for the Final Four right now. Yeah, right now I said. But my real one is Oklahoma City Thunder, 9-1 in the last 10. But watch out I for picked the them last week. Yeah, pretty good. Kyle Russo. I am going to go with the Duke Blue Devils because somehow they managed to get the top three college recruits in all of basketball in Cam Reddish. R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. They got some payroll. And Zion Williamson, he has he has the weight of Shaq, the height of LeBron, the passing ability of Steve Nash, and the air of Jordan. You're so good. He's he's That's literally. When we looked at Saquon in the, uh, what do you want to call it, in the combine, we thought he was a com he was a combination of everything of every NFL great player. This is what Zion Williamson is. He is just a freak of nature. He is something you create. In 2K. He's not real. He's not real. Three he straight 20-point games. He almost he hit is his 30. head on the backboard. <laughs> he is 32 of 39 shooting, 82% from the field this season. Yeah. Granted, most of that is dunks, but still. Zion Williamson, Duke Blue Devils are my team of the week. All right, I'm gonna make, I have two. I'm going to make it real short. The first one, real short and simple. Uh, the Rockets, just because they got rid of Carmelo. Um, 
And the second team, I'm going to say, I'm going to stay right here local, and I'm going to go with the Pioneers. Win a, cl- a very close game last week against uh, New Haven in the NE10 championship game, stopping them at the one-yard line. Great game they had. Millie Pierre, 150 uh, one yards on the ground. Mike Rich sent 101 yards through uh, receiving. And just a great, great defensive play by everyone. Are they a real team now in your eyes? Because a few weeks ago, you didn't call them a real team. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly very defensive about this. Guys, we are adults here on Review and Preview. We yeah, are he not. Just, he just makes me like five So seconds. my team of the week is the New York Football Giants because Eli Manning mounts his 36th career come from behind fourth quarter victory. <laughs> That's my team of the week. The Giants finally won a game after a bye. They are 1-0 in the eight-game season. Nice. On that note, let's preview some of the NFL games upcoming this week. Guys, last week, Chris, you picked the Jets as your lock. You failed remotely. You picked <laughs> Seattle as your upset. You also failed remotely. I apologize. Poor Chris. You're a failure. <laughs> you know, I said it on the show, too. I can see the Jets losing. I didn't see them losing like that. 41 to 7. <laughs> you said it so calmly, Tom. You just like. <laughs> oh, what a bad pick. Um, Mike, your lock was the Chargers. You are safe. Yes. <laughs> uh, your upset was the Washington Redskins. You are also safe. I'm, I mean, I'm too good at this. You know, it like it hurts. It's a it's a curse. And a my lock was the Atlanta Falcons. Wow, that was my game. But lock. my upset, I made up for it. My upset was the New York Football Giants, and nobody wanted to believe the host of the show. The nobody fact that that was an upset is sad enough. That makes me upset that that was an upset game. Hey, the Giants beat Nick Nick, Nick Mullins. You're saying that with pride. Barely. Silence. Um, All right, guys. So, (laughs) back to the show. Let's uh, let's preview some of the games from last week. Um, I actually predicted a 13-7 victory for the Giants game. And I believe the final score was, if I'm not mistaken, 27-23. was 27-23. Fun fact, the two wins the Giants have this season, they both scored 27 points. And And two years ago, Three years ago, the Giants played the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football, and they won 30-27 to on the final drive, a touchdown catch to Larry Donnell. Last time the Giants did that, you know, another fourth-quarter comeback against the 49ers. So just saying, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, all right, so preview big games this week. We'll get to our lock and our upsets in just a moment. The first big news is the game of the week, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Rams. That game has been moved uh, – from Mexico City, they moved it away due to four. Uh, it's going to be in LA now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it will not be in Mexico City, unfortunately. Uh, so the Rams now have an official, official home field um, advantage. Um, I think they would have had home field advantage anyway because it's much closer than Kansas City. You're talking about middle of yeah. the country. Um, but yeah, this is the game of the week, guys, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. These are the two best teams in the NFL. Right this now. does this game. The fact that this game is still intact, meaning that's still going to be played, is crazy to me. You know, you move from poor field conditions to forest fire, on and breathing in True. unhealthy. True. I mean, this is like, I mean, really, at this and point, it's that, crazy that's that it's weird still being to say played. That's better conditions than yeah, ex- exactly. You know, I rather kill my lungs than you know tear an ACL. But it's all good. Whatever. Well, you, you have two potential MVPs in this game, and Pat Mahomes and Todd Gurley, probably the yeah. top the top yeah. two candidates. Yeah, as right. of right now, yeah, for sure. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we have that game. We also have the Vikings and the Bears, which should be an excellent game. The Bears. Kirk Cousins um, against Mitch Trubisky. This is a battle for first place in the NFC North. The Bears are six and three, currently sitting in first. The Vikings are five, three and one, and at this rate, both these teams might make the playoffs. 
They really might. Another big game, the Eagles at the Saints. The Saints run an eight-game winning streak. That's the longest active in the NFL after starting 0-1. The blowout loss to Tampa Bay was their only loss of the season. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has done one thing that nobody in the NFL has yet to conquer yet, uh, beat the New Orleans Saints. But he has nothing on Drew Brees because Drew Brees conquered the league this season. <laughs> he had the opportunity to do that. Uh, another big game, the Steelers at the Jaguars, a rematch of last year's AFC Divisional round matchup where Jacksonville surprised the Steelers on the road. Jacksonville, fun fact, guys, that's not so fun. One of two winless teams in the NFL since week five. They were three and two. They are now three and six. Are they still um, winless with Eric Flowers? Yes, they are still winless with Eric Flowers. And now they have former Giants offensive lineman Patrick Omane. And fun fact, Patrick Omane, before he came to the Giants, signed a 3 or $15 million deal with the Giants, was with Jacksonville last season. He was their starting guard. They replaced him with Andrew Norwell. He's back. Nice. So, you know, back to familiar territory. Houston at Washington, a big game between two 6-3 and three teams. The Texans, after starting 0-3, are now 6-3. and three. Uh, You know, that's tied for their second longest winning streak in team history and they'll be on the road against Washington in this game the Titans at the Colts that's a good matchup the Colts somehow are four and five uh Andrew Locke <laughs> Cowboys at the Falcons the Cowboys have not beaten the Falcons in Atlanta since 2006 keep that in mind when making your picks the Bengals at the Ravens should be a fun game guys this is the first three plus game losing streak for the losing streak for the Ravens since 2016 uh, and then you got the Bucks at the Giants, obviously. Uh, a snooze fest in the Raiders and the Cardinals. Broncos at the Chargers. And then, of course, the team's on a bye. The Jets, the Patriots. The whole AFC East is on a bye this week. The whole AFC East, and then you got the Browns and the 49ers. All right. So let's make our picks, our lock and our upset. If you're watching on Facebook Live or listening live on mywcwp.org, how this works we go around the horn. Uh, obviously, we have to pick 10 games. Uh, no duplicates of games. So, how we're going to do this now is the team, the person who was most successful last week, picks first. And that's going to be Mike Dawes. So, I get to pick last? Well, you don't deserve oh. anything good. Guys, so. I went undefeated. I didn't even pick, so I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, my underdog is going to be the Dallas Cowboys in Atlanta. I think you're upset. Yeah, I said underdog gambling hand, whatever. But uh, I think they're, I think they're going to win outright. So hopefully that works. And do I get my lock now? Sure. Yeah. All right, and my lock will be the. I'm going to do it. The New York Giants home over the Bucks. My lock. Those are those are it. All right. Um, I'm going to go next. I hate it already. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very interesting because you know there's a lot of good games. This week, uh, my upset is going to be the Vikings over the Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, that's my upset. I did, I did like you. I picked my upset before my lock this week. Nice. <laughs> and then my lock, Saints over the Eagles. Saints over the Eagles. It's a nine-point spread. That's yeah. a lot for defending champs. Uh, so before we went live, um, I flipped the coin. And how the order would go, me and Mike would go first. Chris, as you went 0-2 last week, you will go last. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Russo. Well, laugh at me. I go 0-2. All right. Uh, my lock for this week is going to be the L.A. Chargers versus Denver. Easy one. Hate 
And then my upset this week is going to be Tampa over the Giants. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this, so you should be nervous. I'll be nice. James can pick his upset. Chris will pick his upset. James will pick his lock, and then Chris will pick his lock. What a nice guy. James, pick your upset. Upset, I am going with the Lions over the Panthers. Okay. We'll keep taking my stuff. <laughs> Chris, you're my picks. Chris, who is your upset? Well, that was my upset. I don't know. Who's favorite in the Cardinals-Raiders game? Cardinals. Ah, I'm taking the Raiders. Bad pick. <laughs> Terrible pick. Oh, no. It's a good pick. You're picking last. James, night. you're locked. He's going to take your lock, too. Did anybody take the Steelers? I just want to make... Over, no. the, over the Jaguars? Yeah. No, nobody took that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Chris, you're locked. Rams. Wow. How do we leave that game off? Wow. Lock That's a game. lock? Probably yeah. going to lose again, so I'll be picking first next week, so... <laughs> Uh, as Chris picked last this week, Chris will pick first next week. Good. With all the bad teams, playing with the crumbs. Crumbs, you picked one of the best games of the season so far. Yeah, I can't uh, pick that game. Mike, I know you picked, uh, never mind, Kyle picked the Chargers as his lock this week. So that'll be interesting. All right, let's get to it. Uh, the New York Jets. Kyle Russo, you wrote on the script, embarrassing. Why? Uh, you know, you lose to the Bills, who averaged 10 points per game coming into this uh, coming into this game. You have Matt Barkley, who's only played six games in his entire career, and you lost 41-10. to 10. I mean, it's, it's self-explanatory why I put embarrassing. I mean, that, that, that's it. And there's nothing else to say. How do you give up 41 points to the, to the Bills and Sean I McDermott? I mean, when, when they score the first touchdown within two plays, it it was bad news. So Ooh. I don't know how. Who scored? Did. McCoy, right? McCoy. Yeah, McCoy. Scored, yeah. Sean McCoy is their whole offense. Do we have to talk about this game? We all know yes. what it was. Just such a bad game by the Jets. I can't believe it. Bad is an understatement. This like, is. I was working Sunday and I walk into the office to see what the score was. I see fourteen nothing with like ten minutes left in the game. I'm like, in the first quarter, I was like, what? This and is the. An Bills. offensive lineman scored on you guys. That's how. That's how. Yeah, bad we is. know. We watched. And you guys also lost to the Browns this year as well. Yes. Love it. Yeah, Love it. That Makes me feel better about the Giants. Um, the Buffalo Bills outscored the Jets, thirty-one to three, in the first half. Also, the Bills had their largest win on the road since Week One of two thousand eleven. Kyle Russo, you were not in high school when this happened. No, I was not. I don't even think I was in middle school yet. I wasn't even in middle school yet. I was I was enjoying my time, fifth That's grader, really fourth grader. Uh, we have a caller on the show. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hello, everyone. I'm Kyle, and I'm from Huntington. How are you guys doing tonight? Kyle, I'm doing great. Great to have you call in on the show again. So what's your uh, topic for tonight you want to talk about? I would love to talk about everyone's favorite New York Jets. Uh, Kyle, the Kyle, you you were at this game, no? Oh, 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 I was at this game, all right. Yeah. Uh, so let me tell you, I wasted sixty five dollars and a waste of my day to watch that garbage on that field. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's definitely uh, a team right now that's struggling. What are they? Three and six, three and seven. I know they have their bye this week, so uh, you know this will definitely. Oh, that's okay. Be... We'll still lose to the bye. <laughs> 
That's what I said. Oh, Josh McCown got sacked again. Guys, B- Buffalo has ran through quarterbacks this season. First off, the fake punt pass by Logan Thomas, which that completely gave Buffalo an edge. Uh, Nathan Peterman actually got waived this week, uh, so he's no longer on the team. Matt Barkley beat, beat you guys. Matt Barkley. Yeah, thanks for reminding yep. us. How did this happen? I guess he's the next Joe Namath, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and look, you look at the Bills, and like the top two names on their offense besides McCoy, if you ask me, are Kelvin Benjamin and Terrell Pryor. They just signed Terrell Pryor from the Jets, who do not have a catch in this game. Zay Jones actually had a fumble. Uh, he's the other guy, but Mika Hyde, his first interception as a, as a Bill. Matt Milano had a great game. Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson. Buffalo has a good defense. They have a good defensive coach and Sean McDermott. I'm not surprised that the Jets were held to 10 points, but I am surprised that Buffalo scored 41. See, I, when I picked this game last week as my lock, I did have it as a 13-10 to 10 win. So I knew this would be a very good defensive game. I just didn't think that the Giants – like, I, if, if I could handle the Bills beating the Jets if it was, like, you know, a 13-10 to 10 loss. Not a forty-one to ten loss. Uh, Chris, you had the Bills scoring three points in this game. Three. Okay. Either way, I, there was just three in there. You know what? I can't remember. This, this game had me all types of confused, and yeah. I lost brain cells watching this game. So I mean, oh, it only makes it like it was so bad. Kyle Earhart, uh, Josh McCown started his first game of the twenty eighteen campaign. His stat line was seventeen for thirty four, one hundred thirty five yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Your thoughts on McCown? What a great retirement. stat line, am I right? A great stat Absolutely. Line. Yo, ten million dollars, totally worth. Ten million dollars, no, totally. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's definitely worth it because the, the leading rusher had thirty yards. Elijah McGuire, who wow. just came off the injury report, the leading receiver had thirty-four yards in third-round pick Chris Herndon. Uh, the Jets' offense was obviously asleep, but Kyle, I believe there was more action in the stands than on the field in this game. Oh, uh, there was. Definitely more action in the stands. A couple of sections away, we had to watch two, two intoxicated Jet fans fight state troopers. That's that's how it was. Uh, and James Kyle is saying there were two fans that fought state troopers. Um, as Kyle Russo gives James the headphones there. James, you were also at this game with Kyle Earhart. What were your yep. thoughts on the Jets in this game as a Giant fan s- s- sitting there? Um, I was expect. I mean. First of all, Kyle didn't even want to see my face after the game. Look, I picked the Jets to um, win, So, so it, first, I was expecting a close game because it's the Bills and the Jets. That's always creates a good rivalry. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting them to get blown out so fast within the first quarter because it was uh, of how, how they just played. I mean, Kyle, you saw it with your own eyes. It, it was ridiculous. Um, then halftime came, and we figured, all right, they're going to go in. Todd Bowles is either going to say something, listen, guys. I'm packing up my stuff, or he gave them, you know, um, a nice talking to him. They they played well for maybe the first three minutes of the third quarter, coming back out, and then, uh, you know, we stopped paying attention because there's. I was kind of hoping thing. for a mid-game fire. From Todd, yeah. Todd Bowles, I was guys, just like, guys, it's McCagnin's the problem. Like Why is McCagnin? the best offensive weapons in the game where Chris Hurd and Eli McGuire? But, this team stinks. No. Do, do you think Webb should have Webb should have no, put no, got put no. in He's during that too. game? No, absolutely not. No, but, why not? No, no, this why not? is not McCagnin's fault. Davis this Webb was, a, was sitting there with his hands in his this, pockets. This could have been his opportunity. 
He could. They should. He could have showed the Jets if, what if he was made of something He's or not. not of tell me, tell, Mike, tell me why it's McCagney's fault. Because this roster stinks. There's no one good on the rod. They're not deep at all. There's no one good on the Robbie Anderson. Here. This is this isn't a, a McCagney problem. Yeah, this how is a deep coaching is it? problem. Oh, this is how we solve this problem. This is how we solve this problem. This is how we solve this problem. Right? We're entertainment. Right? Let's let the people vote. Tom, put it up on a poll. No, it's who should be fired? Todd Bowles. Mike McCagnan. Everybody. Put it up on a poll. Uh, Todd Bowles. We are actually going to put it up on a poll right now. You can vote on our Instagram account. And Kyle Russo, here, go ahead. Who is more to blame, Mike McCagnan or Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles. It's it's Mike McCagnan. No, it's not. stinks, dude. And this is why we are putting this poll up. This team doesn't stink. No, this team doesn't stink. It's not a product of Mike McCagnan. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Kyle Earhart. He can't draft. Yes. Do you think he could draft? Yeah. Who? Darren Lee's really good. Su- Darren Lee's good? Are you surprised that Todd Bowles was not fired on Monday? Um, I, I am a little surprised, but I hear like the NFL is trying to tell owners and, and GMs not to fire them mid-season because it makes the NFL look bad. But he will for sure go at the end of the season. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. He's gone at the end of the season. Oh, he's gone, yeah. And it's not like, I don't think... All this is on McCagney's fault. I think it's mainly on Todd Bowles because he is a joke. He is—he's a terrible head coach, absolutely terrible. He's—he's yeah. he's definitely not a good head coach, but McCagney's not a good GM. And also, I'm glad they didn't fire midseason. That's what the Browns do. The, je- the firing exactly. midseason, yeah. and plus the they're going to promote Jeremy Bates. He is also a massive. Yeah, problem. that's he, why I was. All three got to go. Is it—is it fair to ask that oh, Ben so McAdoo bad. may do a better job with the Jets than Todd Bowles? I could agree with that. No, oh, this team stinks. No one's going to do anything with this team. Uh, that's just not true. That's not I true. Agree with he that. can't draft, man. He drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round. Okay. I told you I was a terrible he, pick. I know you did, but he drafted also Jordan Jenkins, who's turning out to be very good. What? Lorenzo da- Malden. So Daryl Roberts. Kyle Earhart, you're, you, you're at this game, and I, I want you, Dawes, and Clem, I want all three of your thoughts on this. Kyle Earhart's first. Um, what do you think is the biggest need in the offseason for this team? Because obviously right now you're sitting at 3-7. and seven. There's no catching New England at this point. Uh, what are your thoughts into this offseason, and what is the Jets' biggest need, uh, not, not just you know going into the offseason, but maybe next week into this bye week? What do the Jets need to most sure-handedly address? I think, I think number one is definitely offensive line because I think the Giants and Jets are about the same with their offensive line. They're both pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on, honestly, I think the Jets have they have a lot of money. They can sign a superstar. I think they go really hard at Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Yeah, no, I think late Le'Veon Bell may be a potential option. Jason Glickman, James Waldorf, our Facebook Live viewers, comment. What do you guys think is the Jets' biggest need in this offseason? As you are both Jet fans as well, Dawes and Klim, your thoughts? I'll tell you their biggest need. They need five new offensive linemen. Yes. Five. Every single one is not good. So, hold on. Are you guys admitting that the Giants' offensive line is better than the Jets? No. Well, let's not get crazy. Okay, but the Giants don't need five new offensive linemen. We need, like, two. Oh, yeah, because they they overpaid overpaid one of the worst linemen I've ever seen. Well, we need, like, three. Well, the Jets need five. Two two or three. They also need running backs. They need receivers. Just anyone on offense, They need anyone who – no one has hit a quarterback. I'm pretty sure this is a stat from my brain since John Abraham. That's just a fact. The last time the Jets won a football game was the game that I was at. Back in October, you gotta go early October, you gotta go against the games, Indianapolis right? Colts, guys. <laughs> against the Red Hot Colts, I Red am. Hot, that's right. I am three and zero at Giants games. I am one and zero at Jet games. 
right, yeah, here's my opinion on Guys, what the Jets need to do. Maybe. I've been saying for years now, and Mike can attest to this, that the Jets need to draft an offensive lineman. They do. I've been saying this for years. I, I saw it when DeBrickishaw and Mangold were on their way out the door. I was like, we got to start replacing these linemen. We did not. We did no we such did. thing. We, we drafted terrible defenders. We, yeah, we just drafted terrible defenders. We drafted Brian Winters and Brandon Shell. Yeah. That is it. And Brandon Shell, he, he has potential. Potential. He has a lot of potential. He's a great pass blocker. He's got to work on run blocking. Brian Winters, again, he could run back, can't pass block. So they have to get some offensive yeah. alignment in this draft. I don't care who it is. I don't yeah. care if they overdraft it. They have to draft someone in And the, the problem with linemen, you can't buy them, as the Giants can tell. You have to draft them, and the Jets don't have five first-round picks, turns out. That's, so I don't know what they're going to do. That's a problem. Um, yeah. Guys, so any final thoughts on the Jets here as we wrap this up? Kyle? Uh, my final thoughts on the Jets is if Todd Bowles is not gone by the end of the season, I will be supporting a new team. Ooh. Wow. Bad wow. I, oh, and one other thing to back that up. You do know that a Jet fan was charged with a, DU, with a DWI after the game. He blamed yeah. his team loss oh, to the Bills. Seems like the Jets. Yep. Yikes. Um, on that note, uh, Kyle, thank you very much for calling in, as always, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Uh, oh, that leave was cut off a little prematurely. But anyway, that was Kyle Earhart from Huntington, New York. Um, Mike, Klim, final thoughts. Um, I don't like how no one thinks this is McCackman's fault. This Because Chris was naming the three good picks he made. Whatever. I mean, he can't draft. He, what and, are you talking about? And you're going to have him spend a $100 million checkbook when he paid for Tremaine Johnson, who looks terrible. Don't even give that to me, because you and every other Jet fan on That's this That's fine, list because was, oh, I'm an idiot. Un- I'm an idiot. I'm not supposed to be a GM of the Jets. He is, and he made a terrible decision. Everyone and their mother thought this was a great signing by the Jets. That it was, it was that, a that signing that needed to happen. doesn't justify a terrible signing. It was a signing well, that needed to happen. It's I said not- it was a terrible signing. I am loving it. Kyle Russo, I am loving this segment right now. I'm like, too, we're going to get to the Giants, man. Why, you guys barely beat the Why do you want him with a $100 million checkbook? Why? Why not? Because if he, when he messes up again, which he will because he's a bad GM, he's going to ruin three to four years of Sam Darnold, and we are done. No, the coaching is going to ruin three. Jeremy Bates is going to ruin Jeremy the Jeremy Bates next. is gone. He's going to get fired. I, I want him gone now. I want to fire him. Like, McCagnon is, I would say he's 70% of the problem. I hate Jets. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would say 70% no, McCagnon, 20 Bulls, 10 Bates. No, no, it's 100% all three. Well, the bottom line is the New York Jets have not lost, have not won a game <laughs> since the beginning of October. Blow when we come man. back, we will talk about the New York Giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Like we always do with this time, Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks, here on MyWCWP.org. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes. Um, yeah. Lord Dawes. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't give him that credit. <laughs> get get out of here, dude. And we also have one of the two voices of LIU Post Football, Chris Klimazewski, here with Jason Glickman, who is commenting on our Facebook Live video thanks jason <laughs> um uh on that note let's get to the new york football giants uh finally they've won a football game since week three 
Let's go. Uh, heading into week 11, the Giants have two wins. Um, yeah. However, they are coming off a bye. They beat the San Francisco 49ers 27-23. to Guys, the Giants have had a lot of trouble scoring this season, and this even dates back into the 1940s when they had trouble scoring. In fact, the last scoreless NFL game was between the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions back in 1943. Nothing-nothing was your final score. Wow, that, that, is, that is disgusting. Yeah, fact. that wasn't even. I didn't find that funny, Tom. That was no, terrible. I had to bring it up. That was so bad. <laughs> that was like it, it wasn't was, even necessary. That was, it was like, like really bad. Um, right yo, so anyway, uh, the Giants win this game. Jamon Brown, who they picked up from the Rams off waivers during the bye week, was an excellent claim. Uh, I think he's their next starting right guard. Yes. and I think you have three solid starters right now in Solder who's picking up his game. Did you see Solder in pregame getting in the huddle, hyping his team up? Yeah. That was fun to watch. Nate Solder was really animated this week, representing that C on his jersey. It's about time. He didn't give up a sack, and he is playing to half of what the Giants signed him for. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Took him long I'm enough. Glad he, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's playing for $18 million. I'm happy. $8 million. I'm glad about that. Kyle Russo. Very happy. Um, in this game, now Patrick Omani was cut during the bye week, and the Jacks signed him and Flowers can you know sit together now. Uh, <laughs> now playing for Coughlin and the Jaguars, uh, Eli Manning had his 36th career fourth quarter comeback in this game. That's and a lot. Eli Manning, that is a lot. It uh, is elite. There are a couple of questions to yes. ask in this game. Look, also he had great production. Uh, you know, three touchdown passes. And he had a pretty high completion percentage considering the fact that, you know, he's been inaccurate at times this season. Saquon Barkley had a great game, a big catch on that last drive to put the Giants in striking range. Eli hits Evan Ingram, and Eli also hits Sterling Shepard with a beautiful route, a beautiful play call by Pat Shermer to hit Shepard on that out route into the end zone um, for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Guys... Did Eli Manning save his job Monday night? Do you think if the Giants lost that game, Kyle Loletta is starting in Week 11? Oh, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, just the fact, this is almost laughable that we're talking about the Giants won the second game against a second-game rookie starter in Nick Mullins. They didn't have their best defensive player in Ruben Foster. We're playing in unhealthy breathing conditions, and we only won by four against a franchise who lost their franchise quarterback this is this is disgusting and it's laughable at the same time there was this one play the fact that (laughs) there was this one play that was almost exciting no there was this was so disgusting this game the fact that it came this close is nauseating just the fact of what we have on offense and what they don't and what we have on defense and what they don't on both sides of the ball we are better all around and the fact that a four-point margin is what we won by is terrible. And the fact that we were losing the game with two minutes left on the clock is terrible. Yes. James, go. My bad. However, yeah. before James's comment, Eli Manning is one of the best quarterbacks under two minutes in a game. Nobody's I take doubting him, his clutchness. I take him over Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I, I, I would take him over half the quarterbacks in, in the NFL right now at age 37 with two minutes left in the game. James? Listen, you have to. I looked at it this way. Everybody played as a unit that game there was nobody that was either sticking out 
doing stuff on the sidelines, unable to produce. Um, there was this the, the first drive when uh, Eli threw to Odell and it just went right through his hands. I'm like, you make this catch a hundred times, you couldn't make it, but whatever. Um, they can't. They obviously won. Um, but at the same time, they played as a unit. You saw that offensive line work as a complete unit. I think only let up one sack yeah. out of the whole game. Yeah. Um, you saw them work as a unit. Obviously, again, it's against the two and eight, well, then two and seven Forty Niners team. Yes, not a good football team. Not a good football team. But at the same time, you, l- I looked at it this way: oh, coming off a of bye week, nobody know what we were hoping they would get a win. They got the win. Nobody was expect what was going to be expected. Um, with them playing as well as they did as a unit, the defense played great. Um, I obviously, again, um, against the two and a seven. I'm not team. sure if they played great because you gave up 23 points to the 49ers and you gave up 100 yards on the ground to Matt Breida. Well, great in that I forget his name. Great in the final stages of the game Goodson. for sure. B- yeah, He's that's, that's who I My problem with BJ Goodson is this. He's still my least favorite player on the defense. He gets two interceptions. He starts to play well. That's all in great, but then he gets hurt. Every time throughout B.J. Goodson's three-year career, he's done well. He gets hurt. You can't hate a guy for getting hurt, though. Right, but that's the problem. But that's he not his fault. He plays bad. Well, well, it is his fault, partially, because he plays poorly. He plays well, in the, and then he gets hurt. That's like saying you hated Darian Thompson because he couldn't stay on the field. That I mean, you got to be durable in this league. The Giants have poor durability on defense. B.J. Goodson is a notorious, undurable Giants linebacker. We've seen it. But he's he's the reason why we're standing here. It all dates a... back to Nick Ryson back in 2005. Yeah, but if you look at it, without these two interceptions, we would have lost that game. Yeah, we don't Easy, hand One down. One of those interceptions got us in the red zone. He helped us win this game. However, I'm saying I don't like his inconsistency, and he's still my least favorite player on that defense. Cool. cool. He got us a dub in the win column. Uh, Eli Manning also got us a dub Eli with that Manning last drive. Eli Manning got you guys a dub. Eli Manning got us the, the – did you see the emotion in Eli Manning's face after he w- ran after Sterling Shepard after that game? Guys, oh. I get to keep my job. Wait, can I, I want to make a comment on that. I don't think the Giants are going to bench Eli Manning no matter how bad the, the Giants play this year. Because – Realistically, I really do think, I don't know if you guys Giants fans agree with me on this, he's going to retire at the end of the season. I think if... Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So so if, yeah. if this is going to be his last season, why would you bench him for Kyle Oletta? I mean, I understand I understand why you to, to do it, because you want to get Kyle Oletta's experience for next year, but... Dis- I mean, despite yeah. having the one year left on his contract. I think it's going to be too much for him to take a cut for him to want to come back and play again. I think he goes into a different role. Can he come back as a backup next year? It's going to have to take is a this something pay cut. Well, that's something he's probably willing to do because he loves to play football and he loves to play for the New York football giants. He would take a pay cut. Well, I'm not Tom, sure if somebody else on this team would. Tom, we're not oh, talking three, five million. We're talking like 20 million here that he's going to have to take a pay cut on. That's going to be a lot for him to want to sit on the bench. Excellent work, Kyle Russo, James. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think he – if he does come back as a backup – He's, start, he, he's probably going to start at least some of those games. So in this game, look, we're talking. Eli, he got the ball to his guys. Odell Beckham, four catches, 73 yards, two touchdowns. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram had a couple good catches in this game. Saquon Barkley was great through the air. In this game, Nick Mullins was okay. His completion percentage was good, but the two picks to B.J. Goodson were the problem for me. He's a very fault, young, inconsistent quarterback. Those were not his fault. No, look, I understand they're not his fault. One of them was tipped, but look. When your only weapon is George Kittle on offense, you know, yeah. getting 83. Yeah. George, George Kittle is a great tight end. 
but that's the problem. That's all they have on their offense right now. Him, Matt Breida, they don't have a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo sidelined for the season. This is a team that was talked to potentially make a run for the playoffs. Now this is a team that is vying for the potential number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. My question to you guys is this. Are the Giants too good to be bad? To be this bad? Yeah. My my problem is right now, the 10th overall pick in the draft has three wins. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants have two. And that's why we're at the point. We're now number five, by the way. We are number five. And I I told you. I told you. (laughs) We might not be in the top five this season. Tom, I didn't say that we wouldn't be. I'm hoping that we stay in the top five. I'm hoping. Look, you know what? What kind of pick are we gonna get if we fall at sixteen? We were talking about this. If we fall to sixteen at the end of the year, what are we gonna get? I don't know. I don't know. We're not, yeah, we're not. I don't think you're not falling to sixteen. Yeah. You're not. We're still getting top ten. I mean, you see look, a game like Tampa however, Bay. Look, if we win that game, we can we're fall three to and six. And, and look, Eagles, quite frankly, Titans, Colts, and Cowboys. Quite frankly, let me say something here. Washington is six and three. We're two and seven. You look at the there's division. still a chance. Oh my God! Thomas, there's still a chance. there, there oh, is. The Jets still have a chance. Then, like, come on. Not in that division. Yeah, not against New England. Against Washington, that's a different story. But, still, but realistically, you still. Have Washington a chance. is not no, that good of a football Tom's team. Point. They're not back that good of a Tom's football point. team. With these that's offensive the weapons, with these offensive weapons, this team should be almost unstoppable. Correct. Correct. So what's the problem? But they're not the, we the, know the offensive, so the line, offensive line. line. The offensive line, not Eli Manning. Thank you. Good night. Yes, I love this uh, debate. Okay, hold on. My thing is this. Uh, there was potential we were going to see Loletta and then, Eli, and then Eli for the last game. The bad part about this now is you might not see what you got in Kyle Loletta because Eli is now, he led this team to a victory, and then you're at home against the vulnerable Tampa Bay team James, James next week. Bad. James. But why Go. would you want to? He nearly ran over a cop. Correct. I mean, don't, why would you want somebody as your starting quarterback next season or even put him in a game that, that got pulled over because turning in the wrong lane? I don't understand that whole North, nonsense. North Jersey is very confusing. I understand that. But at the same time, nearly running over a cop that was going to give you a ticket or a warning. Listen, like, that that was— Jersey is— the, James, uh-uh. okay, I'm, I'm not—people uh, were a lot—people were very mad at Loletta. People were very mad at Loletta. For doing that, and they were upset when, but like Tom said, New Jersey is confusing. And it sounds dumb, and we're trying to protect them. At the same time, it is. And when we go back to the letter, that's not an dumb. excuse. This, hold on, it's not an excuse, but it's not dumb to say either because Weehawken is not the best area. No, this guy is our age, twenty-three years old, and he's he's late. He was pro- My dad said this at the lunch table on Sunday afternoon. He was probably late going to practice. Weehawken's a bad area. Yep. He was trying to make a right turn from the left lane, and he was nervous. Because now there's all this attention on him to, you know, potentially be the starting quarterback of this team. I'm For telling New York you, football that's team. exactly what happened. I don't think there's guys. anything mentally yeah, wrong. There's nothing. Look, this is him being from the South and living up in the North. He did not react well because he doesn't know the living So I guess the South, you can run over police officers. That's not what I'm saying. No. That's James, not what I'm saying. James, I don't that's think not this guy Because I, I understand James, that he, he was early. Him, I mean, he was late, and he was in a rush, and he was turning from the wrong lane. I'm pretty sure if I... Was going in the wrong direction and probably would have done the same thing, not run over a cop um, or attempt to. But I, I understand where you're coming from, Tom. But at the same time, do you want to give him a chance? Yes. Now, yes. or do you want to wait? To- I'm, I, wait. I, I'm not saying I want to give him a chance. This is back to the I'm same argument. I'm not answering Listen, the question. Now we know the outcome of it. This is the same argument back to Davis Webb last season. 
Are we going to wait again and not see what we have? No, no we had Geno Smith last we season. Drafted no, we drafted a quarterback had... in the Davis Webb. Well, we drafted Lullet in the fourth round. I mean, third we... round. Third round? Yeah. Third was round it really pick. third round? I thought it was Hill. and Oh, it was Hill and then Lullet. I'll look it up. No, yeah, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was Hill. It, it was, was Hill. Yeah, fourth round. My bad. Uh, fourth round pick. It was Carter and Hill in the third round but and then Lullet in the fourth. You want to see what you have. You don't want to go into the – especially – in a draft class where there's, where there's no quarterbacks. So my thing is this. If Justin Herbert does you not You might declare. see Walletta when the Giants are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Because in the words of Odell Beckham Jr., we've got to win seven more. I like that. 1-0 in an eight-game season. Pat Shermer brought it up as well. After Odell did, yes. Okay, but Odell Beckham also praised oh, Eli. Eli Manning and his fourth quarter comeback. Rightfully so. They won a game. So and we hold don't... on. You're telling me Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer? Eli Manning was a Hall of Famer when he was 30. And I didn't won the say second that. Super Bowl. Jerry Rice did. I didn't say that. Yeah, and, you know, Sean O'Hara defended him rightfully so. Yeah, and for it's, sure. Look, Jer- sure. Jerry Rice is 100% wrong yeah, in his yeah. statement. Yeah. Um, look, this is a guy that did not play with Eli Manning. Guys, the second Super Bowl in 2011, the Giants had the 31st-ranked rushing attack. It was all passing, yeah. and it was not a great offensive line. It was Chris Snee... Will Beatty, I forget who was playing center at the time. I think it was David Boz. I think McKenzie was still there, maybe Kevin Booth. That was not a good offensive line. That was not. It was all Eli Manning in these throws. Victor Cruz, the emergence of him. Ahmad Bradshaw, those guys, Jake, Jake Ballard that season. Hakeem, Hakeem Nix was phenomenal in the playoffs. That's the reason why the Giants won the Super Bowl, because of Eli Manning and his arm. And he had to come back from so many games that season. And he's still doing it. You see what happens when you give him two to three seconds to throw the football and make through a, prog- a progression or two and actually give him a chance. But you you could see in his play, he's not accurate. He was underthrowing a lot in this game. He was underthrowing a lot. He had a play to Odell where he beat, I believe it was Sean Witherspoon. He's right never been known for his accuracy. He's never been known, and he won us a football game. He won us a football game. Th- think about that. One football game. Okay. Two, okay. technically. But this is a new season, I thought you said, after the bye. This is a new season because they could potentially win a lot. Do I want them to win a lot? No. S- I guys, want them to lose. You you, you can get in at 9-7. and seven. This is what I'm talking but about. But we don't want to get in. We need, you we don't want to get in? But you you don't want to get in? We have holes on this team we need to fulfill, and we can't do that if we You're get a bad You're telling me you don't want to get in? No. I don't. I don't want to get a, in. That's a horrible wow. take. You wow. got Hot take here that's, in Studio 4. I don't want to get in. Wow. We have too sense. many holes on this team Hold to on. be this. Okay. We have too How many holes. How do you not want to get in? We have too many holes. Okay, but still. We can't. You've seen, you've seen this team run the table before? Tom, you brought it up, right? You brought it up before the you've show. You've seen them run the table you said, before. You brought it up. You said, what if we wind up winning five games? We go 5-11, and 11, right? Where does that put us? That puts up, puts, uh, puts us in between probably around 10, 20 mark, right? Somewhere 15, 16, right? The Giants are going right? to win more than three games you, this season. What did you say? They're going to win more than three games. If Will Greer declares, which he will, you said trade up. Why do I want to give up my assets? Okay, but I'm saying you can still win four to five brought. games and be in a spot in the draft to get Will Greer. You can't, though. How? If you How? fall out of the top 10, you think you're going to get this guy? You think he's going to fall to you? I'm not saying we're going to fall out of you the top 10 up. with four or five wins. There's teams That's with... That's what I'm saying. Why do you want to trade your assets Kyle, there's teams with six wins... There's teams that go six and ten and that are in the top ten every year. We're talking four to five wins, not six or seven. I'm just saying. Can I? Why do you want to trade away your assets when you could just the season's already? Look, I'm smelling the coffee. I have it right in my hand. So if it's already done, then then so if we win Sunday, who do you put in next week? Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Because right now everybody's saying it's 
it's an eight game season. Okay. So if so if Odell wants to win out, that means Eli needs to start every okay. game. Okay. Uh, we have 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, let's predict this game against Tampa Bay. The reunion with Jason Pierre-Paul in the Meadowlands. James, you're wearing a New York Football Giants Jason Pierre-Paul jersey right now. Love yeah. goes both sides. It was uh, a love-hate relationship. It was a Christmas gift last season. <laughs> it was. I'm not questioning that. I'm not but, questioning. you know, I mean, Listen, jerseys are iron cheap, so I'm I not going to go I think this is the most animated one. I've seen James on the show. I like it. I like yeah. You know what it I is? Do, it's I a month like it a of all the spilled up of Giants frustration. Yeah. It's coming out. It's coming out. Guys, we still suck. Well, yeah. Thank you. That's it. That's the title. That's the headline. That's it. That's why we can't win, and we shouldn't win, because we suck. We have too many holes. Right, but my but my problem is, weapons-wise, our offense matches up very well with Tampa Bay. Let's, yes. pre- let's, pre- let's predict this game. I'm going to go with the Giants win, 27-24. I'm going to go 31-28 Giants. No defense. Yeah, you better write that down. Uh, Make sure it's pinned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my pick. Uh, oh, man. All right. Um, Chris? You said 31-28. 28. I'm yes. going to go 28-20 Bucks. You're such a bad guy. You always pick up the Giants. I mean, it's been working out. So. Kyle Russo. I'm going to pick the Bucks 30-27, only because of this. Yeah, same Who's going to line up against Mike Evans, a 6-5 receiver? Jack Rabbit. The ghost of the line. Jack Rabbit line up against still, him? Yeah. He's gonna get. He's gonna get killed. James, Mike Evans has been terrible the past two weeks. Also, I'm going with Fantasy. Giants 24, 21, and uh, JPP is not bringing the house down. All right. Does JPP get a sack? Oh yeah. No. Sure. No. No. Sure. Over under point five sacks. I'd no. go over. No. No. JPP does not get a sack in this game. I think it'd be Ooh, really, funny. No. really funny. Really funny. He does not get a sack in this game. Right. He's having a great season in Tampa Bay. I think he has eight and a half, but yeah. I don't think he's yeah. getting a sack in this game. Giants are going to be extra aware of this guy. And, you know, apparently when he left, there's only three people that reached out to him. Eli, Zach, Fiasi, and Landon Collins. Eli so did the most reaching Eli out. Eli called him. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a shame. He's not on this team this year. But, you know, a new defense, a new scheme. All right. So um, we're going to keep it right here and transition into NBA. Um, all right. So, guys, um, it is time for our NBA segment. The Houston Rockets have parted ways with Carmelo... I'm not so good anymore, Anthony. <laughs> More like man. he's terrible now. Uh, a 10-time All-Star. He averaged like 13 points a game maybe. Yeah, 13. Five, five and a half rebounds with Houston. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. Garbage. Did you see the 2K no, video of him up, yeah. missing shots? I think <laughs> yeah. one, one of you sent that. Yeah, I like, sent that. That, that was, was funny. Was beautiful. That was funny. Uh, yeah, what a guy. I mean, look, Mike, I know you were in your Kings jersey, but Sacramento is the place where people go to retire. Okay, all right. Just because Zach <laughs> Randolph and George Hill went over there. And Vince Carter. And Vince, and Vince Carter. Carter. Yeah, fine, whatever. But, uh, I mean, Carmelo, Carmelo's terrible. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I mean, before Boogie, like, the best player there was who? Like, Peja Stoyakovich. Whoa, that's like a Hall of Famer. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. There yeah, that been team was, that team was awful good. Yeah, Jason Williams. White chocolate. Ah, you beat him to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, but uh, I have a jersey. A great, great addition to the conversation. No problem. All right, but yeah, Carmelo, <laughs> Carmelo is one of the most overrated, air quotes, good players of all time. He makes All Star teams because he shoots three, and kids like him. Is Melo a Hall of Famer? Yes, but it's disgusting that he will be because the Basketball Hall of Fame is a joke. I said it. I think he gets close. 
I think the I state's think close. I, well, look, you know, he played for the Syracuse Orange. Yeah, it's the basketball year. Hall of Fame, not NBA. This yeah. is why he might not the get states. in because all the people are going to remember are these past three, four years. With the Knicks and oh, New York leverage. is a big leverage city in that decision. That's another thing right. too. That's for Carmelo. You saw the true personality. You did. It was rumored. It, when, it was rumored back in 2010 when the. Everybody was joining up in Miami. He traded from that. It wasn't supposed to be Bosch. It was supposed to be Mello. Guys, but he chose the money over the championship. Had, he had Good for his uh, most success in Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I would say. He made the with conference George finals. Carl, with George Carl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so that was a great team. Uh, other news, Jimmy Butler acquired from the Phil- for, uh, excuse me, from the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, by the Sixers for Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Gerald Bayless and a second-round pick. Uh, it's a win for Butler and Philly, I think. Sarich was an excellent player. I think he's going to be missed. Uh, but you have Embiid. You know, you have Butler now. Uh, ben Simmons, who's really playing the four now with Fultz and Reddick. So Sarich kind of just fell out of the patch, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Even though I loved him as a sixer, now he's going to be um, in that front court with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. For Minnesota, I think that's good for them. Um, Minnesota won't make the playoffs this year, but um, you know it's a shame because Butler uh, had that beef for a while with Carl Anthony Towns and other players on the team. Um, look, it wasn't a good fit. Minnesota tried to surround them with what he had in Chicago: Luol Deng, Taj Gibson, Derrick Rose, Tom Thibodeau. This didn't work. This didn't work. Didn't work. And uh, I like that when they traded him, they got players back rather than, like, draft picks. Yeah. Because clearly they're, like, a win-now team. You know, it's not working. But, yeah, I actually do like the return they got just because, like what I, what I said, it wasn't draft picks, which are terrible. Well, I think Sarich is the best part of that return. Yeah, well, obviously. I would, I would agree. But they got, a, they got a lot of bad contracts on their hands now. Yeah, true. I mean, Covington is a bad so, contract. So Bayless is, is on a bad so, contract. Yeah. And you get a 2022 second-round pick. What's yeah. the – Oh, yeah, that's, that's garbage. Other news, you got Golden State, Draymond Green suspended without pay Tuesday uh, against the Hawks. Now news about Kevin Durant maybe not wanting to resign next summer. I think he's done in Golden State after this year. Yeah. Uh, look, this is awful for the Warriors. This is too much of a, of a distraction. They're losing games. Curry is hurt. Guys. This is the process of a dynasty breaking good. apart. This is the process of a dynasty breaking apart. You're right. Durant is going to leave. Green is going to leave. You're going to be left with Curry and Thompson. Boogie's not going to come back next year. Guys, is this the final year that the Warriors have a chance at winning the NBA title? No, because I think everything you said will happen, but they'll get Anthony Davis as well. That's my hot take. But, uh, I mean, what a, as this— what a take. Whoa. Explain that. I don't Please think explain that's that. that. That's, there's a lot of rumors about that. More like a lukewarm take. Like. Well, it's just like uh, NBA reporters have said it, and I just saw it on Twitter. Today. Well, I think when you have a coach like Steve Curry, you can't count a team out. Yeah, for all. real. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think three out of four years, yes. guys. Come on, Steph's not going anywhere. They've owned this decade. Clay's probably not going anywhere. Yeah, Draymond, Clay, Draymond's Clay, there contract was. So I mean, look, Clay wants to be there. And honestly, I think if Clay were to go to a different team and be like the star of that team, I don't think he can handle it. I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Well, he, but that, that's exactly why DeAndre Jordan didn't want to go to the, um, what was it? Uh, what team was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, the Mavericks. Mavericks and then he wanted to go yeah, into but them. Are we yeah. comparing DeAndre Jordan and Klay Thompson? That's no, but I mean, like, DeAndre Jordan's one of the best at his position, and Klay uh, Thompson's one of, the best, uh, one of the best at his position. So I think we, what could get interesting is, you know, now that you don't have to pay for KD, potentially, you know, Boogie is kind of the same player in a way. I'm not comparing the two. KD is obviously way ahead of Boogie, but their game is the same. Big players, 
good defenders, can shoot from anywhere. I mean, Boogie can potentially be the replacement, which, I mean, that still puts you well, maybe way ahead of any Boogie, other team in the West. I, I think at this point, Boogie may not be just trying to be – may not be trying to win a ring there and leave, which is the original assumption. He may be there to stay if he plays well, and maybe they re-sign him, let Durant walk, yeah. because right now it's hurting Curry and Thompson a little bit. Yeah, It really is. I think letting Durant walk next year is a smart move and keeping Green, Cousins, Curry, and Thompson. I think that's the right the, – Durant is clearly the best player on that team. Yeah. How, however, it's a distraction, and it's not needed at this point. I think he's part of the problem. You know Draymond Green's personality and how he is. That's not changing. But that's why, that's you, why you have Draymond. veterans. You don't allow KD to walk out the door. You, you trade Draymond. Let's see. Other news, guys. Uh, Jimmer Fredette scores 75 points in China this past week. Uh, phenomenal 7-3 from 3, 24-34 from the field. Glad to see him doing good things in overseas ball. Didn't quite work out in the NBA. Former Sacramento Sounds King. Say, no? A classic Kings draft pick because they can't draft shooting guards in the first round. Other news, um, shooters who've been struggling. Gordon Hayward reportedly open to a bench roll with the Boston Celtics. Yikes. Thoughts. It's sad. It's sad to see where an injury could take you. Injuries. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Um, they're currently losing right now to the Toronto Raptors at home, 80-76 to with 45 seconds to go in the third quarter. Um, tough. All right. So we talked about Boston. Look, we have five minutes left on the show. The Knicks and the Nets, obviously, Karis LaVert, a gruesome injury, dislocates his foot, but he will not miss the remainder of the season. But this is terrible because he was emerging as the potential face of this team, despite D'Angelo Russell being on it. A star, too, in the East. A star. He went to Michigan, right? Yeah, so he yeah, went to Michigan. It's, it's, it's a shame. He was an excellent player. It's a shame. Player. I'm really sorry, but the Wolverine was out playing the Buckeye in, over in Brooklyn. That's fine, but, you know, it's whatever. Chris, Ohio State worries about football. You're the self-proclaimed Nets self-proclaimed. Yeah, self-proclaimed, yes. What do you think of them the and their record being 6-9, to nine and they're beating up on the Wizards right now, 102-84? I mean, beginning of the season, I said, what, they were going to win 28 games? I think, somewhere like that. For some reason, you did. I did, because I do see a lot of potential in this team, even though Karis LeVert, him going down is tough for them. They are going to lose him for a couple months. But, I mean, you have other guys on this team who will get more playing time because of this injury. I mean, you'll have Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. You'll Crab. have D'Angelo Russell. You'll have just uh, J- uh, Jared Allen, who I, lo- I well, love. Crab is starting right now, and Damari Carroll is back. Exactly. So you have guys like that who will get more of a playing time now that he's injured. But, yeah, you guys are right. Karis LeVert was emerging as a top player in the East. Yeah. He's very, he's been very good, averaging over 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan Crabb is, like, hilariously bad. He's terrible. Well, he was decent with Portland in his role, but now oh, having a start. Yeah, it, and he got paid not, by Brooklyn. It's not working out. Yeah. yeah, but this, this Nets no team is out. a very – could be very good in the future, especially yeah. if Karis LeVert continues to play good and D'Angelo Russell plays the way he keeps playing. Yeah. Um. The Knicks are four and eleven. They play the Pelicans tonight. Uh, the Knicks at four and eleven. That's not a bad record for them, considering the expectations this season. Obvi- obviously, on paper, it's a bad record. But if you think where the Knicks are supposed to be, this isn't awful. You know, I mean, I think they obviously two of their four wins are against the Atlanta Hawks, and one of them is against the Mavs. So I mean, so, it's just not. I mean, they're going to have these games, and they're going to grow as a team chemistry, Vegas, but. Exactly. Without Porzingis, it's tough. I mean, you don't have a star. And, and again, another situation where you have a draft where it's significantly great, 
and deep with players. I mean, this is a season in which, I mean, it, it sounds selfish in a way, but having a superstar out, you know, take advantage of the fact. And, you know, I'm not going to say tank the season, but see what you got and hopefully don't have as good as a season as you would like to. It's tough. You know, yeah. obviously – in terms of playoffs now, obviously with the Knicks and the Nets out of the picture, you look at the East and the West, the West, it's clear Warriors, front runners. I think Denver might be the second best team in the West right now, as yeah. crazy as it sounds. I think Denver and then maybe Portland. But my problem with Portland is if Lillard or McCollum has a bad night, they're not gonna win a foot they're they're not gonna win a basketball game. Yeah. Right now, Damian Lillard has two points, one of six from the field near the end of the first half, and Portland's getting blown out by Minnesota. What's the score? They are currently losing 55-43 at the Target Center. Yes, they're on the road, but look, I'm sorry. All due respect, but when Jake Lehman is your starting small forward, that's a problem. You have Nurkic, who's the great number three option. You have Aminu, who's a poor man's Draymond Green, if you think about it. He's a little taller. He shoots. He plays defense. He rebounds. He blocks. He does everything you want in a stretch four, but you don't have a three. Portland may need to sign another star if they want to compete. They're one player away from competing with the Warriors. They have a better bench. Seth Curry, Zach Collins. I mean, I don't think they're better than Denver, there. though. No, I think what makes not. Denver scary is that Isaiah Thomas and Michael Porter still might play this season. I think yeah. that's what makes them scary. They're also they're phenomenal defenders. Yeah. And the Fine. problem with Portland, no one wants to sign with Portland. Like, have they ever even gotten a star free agent? Because they're a low-market team. No. But, yeah, quite, but quite frankly, if a free agent wakes up and smells the coffee to realize they can play with Lillard and McCollum, this team can take it to the, to the next level yeah, maybe and compete actually, with the Golden State Warriors. Maybe um, they max out DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, why wouldn't he want to go there? Not happening because you have Joseph Nurkic, who's making much less money, and he's just as effective. Yeah, but DeMarcus Cousins is a cool nickname. That's a, that's so, a real name. Speaking of, of cool names, uh, you know, Jim Beheim is a pretty cool name as the Syracuse men's basketball head coach. And we'll end the show on this note. His son, I believe he's a freshman now with Syracuse. Yeah. yeah. Or his son, or it's, it is his son, right? Yeah. yeah. Guys, they spelled his name wrong on the, on, on the jersey. Come on. Are you kidding me? The best part is his Nobody dad, has words right now because it, it's ridiculous. The best part is his dad probably watched him go on the court multiple times and his back is facing his dad. His dad could see it. And he probably didn't even realize that the entire game. That's the funniest part. How in my do opinion. you misspell the son of the coach's name? I don't know. That's great. I think that's funny. That is funny. It's awful. That is funny. It's Honestly, awful. I don't like the spelling uh, attack we're going. Spelling's hard. There's a lot of vowels in that name. Oh. <laughs> I, I agree, know. Mike. Coming from yeah, somebody that can't like spell. At least the only E and I, probably. I don't know. Oh, my God. But I, 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 I want to give this guy a break. Breeze yeah. with an apostrophe. Hey, that was spell check. All right? <laughs> I can't believe we're going to end the show on this note. Uh, guys, when we come back next week, we're going to have more sports talk for you, more NBA talk, NFL. The baseball door is now closed for now. It's going to be college football, football, and basketball next week. Folks on Facebook Live, folks listening on our stream, thank you very much for tuning in tonight to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. On behalf of Mike Dawes, Chris Klimazewski, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, I'm Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening and a happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Good night.